And welcome in to another edition of Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, back at it again for our second consecutive day with a rare Tuesday episode yesterday due to the scheduling here because of fall break. But we are back, back-to-back days on air, giving you two hours wall-to-wall of pretty much everything going on in sports, MLB, NHL, college football, NFL, and we might even get to some college hoops as we are less than a month away from college basketball starting. I'm excited for that, Mitch. I know you're not a big college basketball guy. I'm but not, but I love it's college hoops. still a great sports time, bro. It is, man. A lot of stuff going on. we got a lot to get to, so we're not going to give October's it. rolling on, Jack. Yeah, we, it's rolling on. It is. It is rolling, rolling on as much rolling. as I hate to say that it's here, man. I really... Really want the Phillies to lose so I could stop hearing Red October. Just, it's you know, it's just it's unstoppable. I brought okay. out the Schwarber shirt let's, today. Let, let's let's Red October is in full bloom. Well, speaking of unstoppable, um, it's really an unstoppable realization that the Phillies bullpen is always going to make things interesting. It's an unstoppable realization. I don't know. I know you that makes really no sense. tried to bring down my mood by talking about the. Myth that is the Phillies bullpen. I uh yeah that that it doesn't that exist. That made no man. sense. That made no sense. So no, I really tried to go off your words, but I couldn't really tie it. You so. make about as much sense right now as uh, Rob Thompson does putting Zach Eflin in in the ninth. Still, I don't understand. He's it. the closer, man. I don't. No, no, he's not. Yo, no, yes, he is. He's not. Yes, he is. Matt Olson begs to differ. Yeah, and that far- ball did not look like it was going to get out. By the way. Originally, no, it that didn't. thing just carried. It didn't. Carried. It did carry. Looked like Marsh was going to have tons of room, and then he's back at the track. At the wall. It's gone. Matt Olson. It's a one-run game. It's but not over yet. That's where it ended. The What's Phillies. that guy, Joe? Uh, so Joe Davis. Joe, he's so much better than Michael K. Yes, he is. So he's much incredible. Better. I'm so excited he's going to do the World Series. I love I it, yeah. He's a great announcer. You know, Buck is a staple, but he was just, he was good, but he was simple. I think Joe right. Davis is going to add that. Different element of a play-by-play guy. Joe Davis did uh, NFL games, or does NFL games, if I'm yep. correct. He, yeah, I remember the uh, Eagles-Panthers game I went to, actually, last year. Uh, when he, when I watched the highlights, I think it was him. and yeah, The Eagles on special teams! The play of the day! Yeah, you know, he did He did Giants-Panthers earlier this year, I think. Too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's involved. Good, man. He is good. He's a I very like good him. announcer. Uh, excited for the World Series ahead, but... Um, yeah, we got to get to AL and NLDS series. Uh, well, not series game recaps, one. but game one recaps. We mentioned the Phillies seven to six. They win. The offense Should was on fire early. They put up six runs in the first four innings of the game. Had a seven to one lead. Yep, on this show. Yeah, on this show. On this show. Before the Live Braves continued reaction. to claw back and scratch to try to get back and take the lead, but. You know, leaving 15 runners on base is not a recipe for success. That's what Atlanta did <laughs> that yesterday. That was the total? Oh, my goodness. And they they fall by one. But uh, back at it again today, I believe that's a 435 start time, if I'm 435, correct. 435, 437, yeah. Yeah, something time. like that. Could be interfered with by some rain, but... Yeah, I mean, and the biggest story today is is the starting pitching, and the, and the rain complicates that. Because uh, you have Wheeler, and you have Wright, but... The problem is, I mean, both bullpens were stressed a lot yesterday. Ranger, exactly. Ranger left after three and change, I think. Yeah. And then uh, I I don't think, uh, uh, who was it? Why can't I think of his name? Oh, oh, Max Freed. Freed had the shortest outing of his career as well. That was somewhere around three or four innings. Yeah, Freed went three and a third and... Yeah. I think Ranger only Ranger, went. Ranger, I think, went three and two-thirds. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So about the same length, and both bullpens were heavily taxed yesterday. 
and, and the Phillies, especially their bullpen looks uh, atrocious minus the emergence of, of the, the reemergence of Sir Anthony Dominguez. He was a stud yesterday, 18 pitches, uh, two innings, six up, six down, just looked dominant yesterday. Um, and then obviously Zach Eflin did not look dominant yesterday. So, you know, the bullpens, you know, I think Philly has the advantage in the starting pitching today, but you know, advantage Atlanta in the, in the bullpen. So the, what happened yesterday might not be a one-time thing. E, uh, not Eagles. Phillies on them early and Braves coming back. And, and hopefully the Phillies are able to hold those leads like they did yesterday. But I don't think that's going to happen 100% of the time here. The big thing for the Phillies is that Kyle Wright has one inning per start where he really struggles and he just has trouble getting out of the inning. If the Phillies can't make him pay in that struggle inning, it's going to be a long day because once he settles in, he's really got that good stuff working. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of getting to him when he's not on his game. And, and they have the bats to do that now, though. I mean, they do. You're talking about Schwarber can wake up at any moment with a home run. Uh, Hoskins is obviously the one struggling in this lineup right now the most. But uh, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos came alive yesterday. What a game by Nick Castellanos. Three hits, three RBIs, and the game saving catch. I'm What a day from him. And he's a confidence guy. Did you hear his his comments after the game, by the way? No, he was asked what he what what he saw when uh, he caught that ball in right field, and he said something along the lines of, "Well, I saw him swing, then I saw him hit it, and then I saw it come to me, and I ran and caught it." <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's that's ac- that's just an accurate description of what happened. Broke it down right there. You know, who needs heavy hitters? Just listen to Nick Castellanos for all your sports breakdowns. But he's hitting well. Bohm's hitting well. Segura continues to hit well. Uh, you got Marsh and 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 Stott. Those are you know two bottom of the lineup guys that can and have contributed all season. So this lineup can make right pay. They they can make him work. And obviously the Braves lineup can do the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know Wheeler looked good against St. Louis, but he looked dominated dominant. the Cardinals. He dominated the Cardinals all year. I mean he didn't give up a run in the regular season starts against St. Louis. Kept that going with six scoreless, I believe, in that six game and one. Third, yes, sir. Yeah, so went pitched into the seventh, but he looked dominant. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Look, um, no offense to the St. Louis fans, but if the Braves can pack Truist, <laughs> they can make it a rowdy environment because it's going to be not a middle of a day game. It's going to be an, an afternoon slash night game, so they can really have the factor of turning down the lights if he leaves the game during the middle of an inning, doing that chop the flashes in their phone. But I mean, look, it's just can I? I, I think the biggest advantage is can either team get off to a hot start. Right. If the Phillies get off to the kind of start they did yesterday, it's going to bode well for them. But on on the flip side, if the Braves can get to Wheeler early uh, and maybe force them out of the game well before the Phillies would like, it could not only affect the Phillies in this game, but oh, the whole for the rest of the series. I mean, there's going to be an off day tomorrow, but they're going to be right back at it on Friday. So it's going to put a lot of strain on this bullpen to see how they handle things. I doubt Sir Anthony's available today because of his multiple innings nope. pitching yesterday. I it, yeah. So I don't think he's going to be available, but... Outside, I think, of him and Eflin, I think everyone that was in yesterday can still go today. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Phillies handle Thank the God end game. Thank God we got Connor Brogdon available. Handle the end game. Huh. I mean, he threw 24 pitches, so maybe he's not available either. That but, might help us. I mean, look, what what's the end game going to be today for the Phillies if they have the lead? Who are they going to go to in the ninth inning to close things out? You don't have Sir Anthony. You don't have Eflin. Are you going to go to – you don't have Robertson because of the injury. Right. So, I mean, those are three of your key relievers in the back end that you've been using this far – who do you go to? Alvarado? Do you go to I think to Brad you, Hand? Yeah, I think what you look for is uh, going back to kind of the earlier part of the season where Hand was your setup guy. Uh, Hand was our most dominant pitcher for a time in this season. He has the capability. 
And we saw some of that effective pitching yesterday. Uh, I think if Wheeler has to exit, say, somewhere around the 6th, I think you go Bilotti first. Uh, and, and dear God, if it's earlier, say like the fourth, you have Nick Nelson as your long man. Oh, goodness. Which that, at that point, the game is probably a loss. Uh, but say it's a reasonable uh, time to pull Zach Wheeler. I think it goes uh, Bilotti hand Alvarado would be my best guess. Yeah, I mean, that, that's certainly a good point. But we do have to get a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu slash KUR, find live events slash remotes, read the reminders, and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event. No exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR, welcome back to Heavy Eaters. Heavy Hitters, everybody. Wow, stumbled right there. But Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. Talking about a Philly Kutztown. We were talking about the Phillies, their 7-6 win, how their game plan is going to be going into game two this afternoon. Yeah. Slash evening. But, yeah, I mean, look, we, we mentioned how it's important for both sides to get off to hot starts, how the bullpens are going to play a factor with their strain from yesterday, and that's going to be certainly an interesting dynamic to follow, not only today, but for, but for the rest of the series. I think it's going to be a little bit inverse of yesterday. I think both these starting pitchers are going to go pretty deep into the game, both go into you the sixth so? inning. I think it's going to be pitcher's duel. Okay. I think it's going to be like a 3-2 type game where late runs are scored against both bullpens. I'm not going to, I'm not really having, I don't have a strong lean on who's going to win this game, but I think there's going to be some late runs scored. And, man, if the Phillies pull this out, they're looking real good to go play in the NLCS. Well, it's really a great position that they've put themselves in. The whole word coming in from the from the Philly perspective was we just have to split in Atlanta. We just have to split in Atlanta. Now, not only did we already take one and have the chance a chance to sweep in Atlanta, but we ha- we took the game that Ranger was pitching, our, our number three pitcher. We have a one-game lead in this series with our two best pitchers coming up. Wheeler and Nola, who've already proven that they can be lights out in the postseason, combining for 13 scoreless. The That's Phillies true. have really put themselves in the best possible position to advance the, I can't believe I'm going to say this, NLCS. Yeah, but I mean, look, I think it is a good position, but I think you winning tonight would be vital because Nola is a very good pitcher, but he is better on the road than he is at home. It's just Correct. an objectively true statement. Correct. That's just what the stats say this year. Well, you haven't so seen for October reason, Nola. That's true, but for whatever reason, he does pitch better outside of Citizens Bank, and I know Citizens Bank isn't the most pitcher-friendly park in the league. It's going I mean, to be rocking some, this There's Friday. some deep gaps there, but yeah. down the lines, you know, straight to left and straight to right, they're pretty hitter-friendly there. You can hit a lot of home runs down the lines. Um, so, I mean, look, Nola's weaknesses is giving up the long ball. And that's the brave strength of the lineup. So I think it's key to win tonight because if I had to if I had to give a prediction, I think the Braves lineup and the way they hit just teeters their way in terms of the style that Nola likes to pitch. He's a uh he's a guy who he tries to overpower you. He's not a guy who pitches to contact, he's a guy who get pitches for strikeouts. I mean he can pitch to contact and he gets some weak ones if that fastball's good moving in on the lefties and he can locate the the, the breaking stuff away. But, you know, for Nola it's pitching to avoid the long ball and he yep. can be um what's the word I'm searching for here oh uh, well you you and I joke well mostly me I joke about the uh the mandatory uh, Aaron Nola home run payoff inning yeah <laughs> it's been a thing all season it happened during this broadcast uh during a Mets game this season he just gives up the home run it never fails yeah now, just he did a pitch around he did pitch around home run hitters like Pujols like Goldschmidt like Arenado, obviously something was off with them that entire two-game series, but he, he didn't give up the home run that, that day. He tried. 
Arenado tried to get one out and the wind said no. But, you know, I think you have a valid point about, uh, you know, Nola giving up runs that night. However, on Friday night, the bank is I, I cannot wait to see playoff baseball in that stadium, especially considering uh, the, the Braves are either going to have a shortened Spencer Strider or Charlie Morton, who the Phillies absolutely eat up on Friday night. Yeah. So I, I think Friday night could be another high-scoring affair if Aaron Nola is off his game. I don't think it's an immediate loss if he's off his game because the Phils, they showed yesterday, they have the potential to really put up some runs even without the home run. Yeah, they, that's true. They've hit a single home run this postseason. It was Bryce Harper's home run. That's it. Yeah, it's been Which impressive. Maybe is a good thing this. because our players get injured when we hit them. Yeah, it's been imp- that. That's terrible. Uh, he's not the only pitcher to get injured doing something. Well, he didn't do something stupid. He was celebrating. It's just an unfortunate circumstance. But Phil Maton of the Astros reliever done for the postseason mm-hmm. after breaking his hand punching uh, punching a locker in the locker room where he punched something in the locker room broke his hand done for the wow. postseason. There's always one who does it. Wow. Um. So that's a loss for the Astros bullpen. But speaking of Houston, we got to hey, review their man. phenomenal comeback in Game One yesterday. Yes, sir. They erased the deficit that they that they were uh, posed with, and Justin Verlander got rocked. I mentioned how. St- Rock solid he's been this year, but he right got, after we said it, Jack. Right after we got, said it, that game got started. I mean, he gave up four runs in. Oh no, he gave up six runs in four innings. So, yeah, it's it was it was not good for Verlander, but uh, the Mariners bullpen and Scott Service going to Robbie Ray to try to close it out. Bad decision making plus bad ex- bad execution led to a Mariners loss and led to one of the most pimped walk off home runs. Slash clutch playoff home runs that we've seen in a while. This one has been getting compared to the Jose Bautista home run against the Rangers, where he jacked it to break the three-three tie in the seventh. Yeah, Jordan crushed that ball. That uh, second was absolutely deck. smashed. Yeah, <laughs> looked like a Bryce Harper home run into the second deck of uh, Minute Maid Park, sending that place into a frenzy. And you know the Astros' entire dugout was out to greet him before he even uh, fully got down the first baseline. Shucks the bat, high fives his teammate, and takes his trot around the bases, but. You know, the look of disbelief in the Mariners' dugout, the look of pure joy from Dusty Baker and everyone in Houston was just, it was, I mean, incredible. It was just, it was. you had to see it. Uh, words are really not a good descriptor. You I'm, just have to look at the photos and yeah. say, wow, that that really just happened. Um, but yeah, Jordan is an incredible player, man. He is so good, so clutch, big time hit. Astros steal game one, and man, that can be deflating to a team, especially in a shorter series. It's not seven, it's five. They got to go right back out. Oh, no, they're off today, but they play tomorrow. They got uh, Luis Castillo versus Framber Valdez, and if Houston wins that one, they could go up to Seattle and cap the sweep. I mean, it's vital for Seattle to win tomorrow, especially with how deflating this game one loss was. So, Well, how about the role reversal? Yeah. Seattle just came back in stunning fashion, right, against uh, against Toronto. Yes. And, and, I mean, prior to this home run, Seattle had that same – Team of Destiny feel that the Phillies kind of have going on right now. And that, that what was it, a three-run shot? Yes. Yeah. that I mean, to be winning, and then all of a sudden it's just gone. Uh, winning the whole game. They jumped out to that early lead. What did they have, three or four in the first? Something like that? Yeah, they had they, they got four early. They got yeah. four in the first three. I think they got two in the first inning. Yeah, so it, yeah, absolutely one, one exactly in the first, what you three said, in the deflating second. loss. Yes. Defla- it would have been the exact same thing uh, had... You know, had Castellanos not made the catch for the Phils, sorry to relate it back. I mean, it just, they felt very similar all season. These two teams trying to break their droughts 11 and 21 years. Those are long times. These players don't have the experience uh, in the postseason. And and both of them swept as as six seeds. 
Yeah. And, and then, uh, you know, one complete Well, Seattle was a five, actually. I swear. Why did I think Tampa Seattle was, was a six? six? Ah, okay. Okay. Seattle was the six for a while. And then yeah, Tampa. but they jumped them late. Yes. Okay. Because so. Tampa fell. But it's actually good. You tied it back to the Phillies real quick because there's one note I forgot to say about Atlanta real quick before we take our first break. Uh, reliever Tyler Matzik done for the playoffs, and he will be out for a, probably a good portion of next year having wow. to get Tommy John surgery. Um, so a key part of their bullpen to their title run last year. Wow. Didn't really pitch much down the stretch, and now we know why because there was something wrong, and he does have to get Tommy John um, so that's an unfortunate thing to happen to Matzik. Hopefully he gets back sometime during next season. Uh, and, you know, Tommy John's a very serious surgery. I mean, it's it's gotten better with players recovering. And some players have actually looked better after the surgery with modern medicine and all that stuff um, compared to what they had back in, like, the 70s and 80s and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's, you know, hopefully Matzik uh, is all good. And, um, you know, in terms of when he comes back next year and looks like himself, because when he was on last year, he was uh, – probably one of the best relievers in the game. He was so good for Atlanta and their 21 title run. So yeah, I hope he's okay. Big player be- right there. Absolutely. Best to Matzik. Uh, hope the healing process goes well for him. But we do have to step aside for a first break of today's show. When we come back further talking about Game 1 of the ALDS, wrapping up Mariners, Astros, and going into Guardians, Yankees, right here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley with a voice that is completely destroyed after about a week of yelling at televisions. Wow, I almost just got kicked off air because of your actions. That is Jack Heim. I wanted to see how you'd react to that. I almost ruined the show. That's how I reacted. Uh, That is Jack Heim throwing things at me as I'm speaking. Wow. You deserve that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, you're wearing that Phillies jacket, so that Phillies just jacket, it. hat, and shirt. Underneath. We're both wearing sports things today, though. You're Kyle wearing you're wearing Schupa? Phillies. You're wearing the Phillies. I'm wearing I'm repping my Knowles, Florida State. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about coming up. You know, like like we said, uh, college football. It's Dallas week. We got NFL to talk about. Yes, we, we got do. hockey. You see that great Golden Knights game last that night? That was fantastic. That was incredible. We'll get to it. Um, but first, we're continuing with MLB, and we are heading to another one of the Game 1 ALDS winners, the New York Yankees. Uh, they get the win over the Guardians, the youngest team uh, in the majors. Had a great run to this point. Jack, is it ending before our eyes? I believe it is. Yeah. Um, Garrett Cole shoved last night, went six innings, six and a third, allowed one run, one walk, eight Ks, four hits only. He looked really good. He looked in ace form. He looked He looked on. Uh, he pitched well against Cleveland this whole year when they played each other. Uh, he continued that last night. Yankees look good. They went 4-1. Harrison Bader, it's his first home run as a Yankee, uh, to respond to the bottom half of the third after Stephen Kwan at that home run off Garrett Cole. Tied at 1, Trevino in the 5th of the sack fighter score, Connor Falefa, before Rizzo added on the insurance shot with a two-run jack in the 6th. That made it 4-1 and really locked up a Yankees win. Yankees pitching staff pitched really well. Luizaga pitched the two-thirds of an inning in the 7th. For Wandy Peralta pitched an inning and a third in the eighth and to the ninth before Clay Holmes locked it down, getting the final two outs of the game. Four to one, Yankees take game one. Tomorrow night will be game two, but that might get washed out. It's projected to be Bieber versus Cortez right now, but there's projected rain in the forecast in New York. Uh, so game two could potentially be rescheduled to Friday night, but we'll see how that goes as that comes along. But just know that that's a possibility that game two couldn't. Uh, be be a washout tomorrow night in the Bronx. But as for this one, the Yankees really controlled from the third inning on. It was, uh, you know, the the Guardians made Cole work in the first inning, making him throw 24 pitches. They thought they could get to him more than they did. 
Stephen Kwan had a great game, added a single. Well, no, he lined out to start the game, but then had that home run in the third, like I previously mentioned. Uh, but overall, Cleveland, just the offense, man. The offense is, I don't think the offense is going to do enough. The pitching is going to be there. Cal Quantrill pitched pretty well uh, for the most part. Uh, but overall, this offense just hasn't scored enough runs. They've scored, I believe, four runs in three postseason games, and the record's 2-1, and one, so that's impressive in and of itself. But they're going to need to score a lot more than one run uh, to beat the Yankees in any game this series. Yeah, I mean, obviously. You got the biggest, you know, did they hit the most uh, home runs this year out of any team? Um, Yankees? I feel like they did. I think Atlanta did. Really? Yeah, Atlanta had a lot of home runs. Okay. Yankees are they got to be there. Definitely but. up there. So, but yeah, you're talking about one of the the most home run hitting teams, one of the most scoring teams. Yeah, you're gonna have to score more than one uh, against this team the entire series, every single game. You're not winning one nothing. And I get it was Garrett Cole. He absolutely you know shoved like you said, but um, you know couldn't find another big hit after that that uh, home run from uh, from Quan and you know. An inexperienced team that may be difficult. So I, I look for this to continue. You get in danger of a of a sweep here. Maybe they steal one, but uh, I think this is like like yesterday was a fairly comfortable win. I think this will be a fairly comfortable series for New York. Unfortunately, yeah, um, they they certainly look good. Houston battled back, but we got to go to our final series here uh, that we're talking about in Game One: Dodgers Padres. That was nine thirty seven start time out on Ooh. the West Coast. Trey Turner got the ball rolling early yes, with a solo home run at the bottom of the first off Mike Clevenger. Come uh, and I questioned him. You know, he struggled in recent postseasons, really struggled last year in the playoffs of the Dodgers, but uh, racing any doubt early with that launch of a home run. I believe it went 4-14 to left field uh, and really got the Dodgers party started early. They went up 5 nothing before the Padres tried to scratch back with a yeah, Will Myers home run. Into that. Yeah. Grisham grounded out, and then Nola brought across another run with the sack fly to bring in Haseon Kim. So they got three on Arias in the fifth inning, but that was all the Padres could scratch across. Some early scoring and then the pitching locking it down. Uh, Evan Phillips, Alex Vesia, I believe that's his name. Yes, Alex Vesia, uh, Bruce Dargraderall, and then Chris Martin, the former Brave, gets the save uh, that rhymed, going an inning. By the way. The only reason I emphasize that is because my good buddy Nate absolutely despises Chris Martin. He hated him as a Brave. He was not good, but, you know, the Dodgers just have that effect of making guys just it just look way better than they are. Yeah, they it's just find so annoying. they just find relievers and make them look good. So Chris Martin slams the door shut in the ninth, gets the save for LA. They go up 1-0 with a 5-3 win. Trey Turner looked really good. Really, a lot of that lineup did. Max Muncie getting a couple, getting an RBI. Will Smith two for four, bringing a runner in. So just again, Dodgers manufactured more runs than the Padres did, obviously by the score, but they just did a more efficient job early and often against Mike Clevenger, making them pay. Uh, now they're up 1-0. Game 2 scheduled for tonight. It's Kershaw Darvish out Ooh. at Dodger Stadium. Chance for L.A. to go up 2-0. Uh, but Darvish needs to be as good as he was against the Mets for the Padres to have any chance to win this game. Yeah, you said Darvish was the, the swing candidate here for this series. Yep. Uh, and, you know, giving up five runs is not the, the way to win. But, I mean, give it to the Padres. They fought back, and they, they had runners on, I think, in the ninth inning, right? And then Hassan Kim uh, popped out with the first pitch he saw. Um, you know, they had a they they almost had a rally going here. So I don't think this series is over by any means. Uh five three, you know, some may say it didn't feel that close. I definitely think it was that close. Um I, I think this was a you know, it's a good Dodgers win, don't get me wrong, but I, I think the the Padres still have a, a couple punches left in the tank. The series is not over yet, mark my words. This could go uh probably to five games, if I had to assume. It could, but that's gotta start with the Padres winning tonight. You go down two oh 
That is a yeah, recipe for disaster. Done, yeah. That's pretty much your uh, death sentence right there for the for your season. Um, but yeah, Padres got to respond tonight. Braves have to respond this afternoon. We will see how that goes uh, with Atlanta first Philly starting uh, half an hour after our show ends yes, today. Sir. So I know exactly where you're going after today's show, Mitchell. You're driving me there. Uh, yes, I will drive <laughs> you back to your apartment. Thank you. Um, but yes, helping a blind man out. Two fantastic games on tonight, both on the NL side of things. So tune in if you have nothing else to do with your night to see some. High quality, well, we hope. High or if quality. you do have something else to do with your night. Yeah, I mean, put it on in on. the background. Look, I don't like the Phillies at all, but this has got to be exciting for the Philly market and the surrounding areas. Just a here little in bit. Pennsylvania. You couldn't tell by my enthusiasm? No, I'm not going to give you any more credit than you deserve. Nah, dude, I. Red October is one of my favorite things. Red October makes I, I haven't had to. I'm not going to say that. I haven't had to sweat <laughs> picking out an outfit in two weeks. I wasn't going to curse, but I was going to. Use a metaphor that I'm not sure is mm. viable. Mm. I don't know if it's too violent. You'll tell me off air. I will. You'll tell. But me. um. But yeah, no, I haven't had to stress. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm wearing. I know what I'm wearing today. Yeah, a Phillies jersey. Exactly. So yeah, today's Schwarber. That's obvious. Tomorrow's gonna be uh, maybe the Harper shirt or or my uh retro Phillies T-shirt because there's no game tomorrow. That's true. And then uh, probably Hoskins on Friday. Reese. Hoskins. Reese. Isn't that your blue jersey? Yes. Yeah. It's a, so. You can't deny those are beautiful. Oh, yeah, they are. Yes. Those are some of the best jerseys in baseball. Yeah. I mean, those are so clean. So clean. Um, but we have to move on, Mitch. We do have a lot else to talk about today. We, we, we got to go to the NFL. We got to preview. Go. We have to preview week six already, man. Starting <laughs> off with some Thursday night football that just Season's continues flying. to disappoint. Bears, Commanders. Uh, commanders, still one win. Bears, they have only one win, right? Both teams yes. one and four. Yes. A battle of one and four Titans here coming in. <laughs> I mean, this is just putrid football on Thursday night so far. Um, but you got the Carson Wentz versus Justin Fields. It's not even a battle. My goodness. Um, Jack, who you got in this uh, utter slugfest ahead of us? Sorry about that. I'm just calculating our picks from last week. Ah, So I went seven and seven and nine. Seven Ooh. and nine. Not fantastic. 2016 but, Eagles right there. Yeah. Um, give me the Bears. Give me the Bears to win. The Bears. They're at home. They're just going to be able to run it more efficiently. Give me the Bears. Make sure you got How did I do last week? I'm going to calculate that right okay. now. Okay. Uh, we don't do the math on air anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> I do it in my head. Luckily, this week, I knew everyone who won in my head, so I didn't have to like sweat it out and be like, ugh, who oh, won? Got I'm you. not sure. So. Yeah. Um, I don't even know what the line is on this game, but I got a feeling that... Uh, after the, the controversy in Washington with, uh, you know, what's the problem? It's quarterback. I think uh, the quarterback in Carson Wentz responds, even though that's not his track record to respond to controversy, he kind of falls apart. Um, but I think the running backs of uh, Gibson and Robinson being back, he's got good receivers, uh, which Chicago can't say, you know, in Samuel and uh, Scary Terry over there. So um, We both went 7-9, and nine, by the way. Oh, we did. Yep, wow, both tied. of us lost. Yeah, but uh, really I'll start this week. show with a, a little different pick. You know, go one one mano e mano versus you on Thursday night. I'll take the Commanders. Okay, we're gonna write this down. I'm writing this down right now. I go the Bears. Mitch splits off and goes with the Commanders. So we will see how that shapes up tomorrow night. In terms, I just, of just don't think the Bears can do anything offensively. They're gonna run it well. Uh, Are they? Yeah, they've run it well all year. I think. Well, yes, they're mostly they have, honestly. Um, Washington so. has a decent defense, though. Yeah, but... I don't think it's going to be enough. Once Washington starts throwing the ball and they get up, 
you know, minus your obligatory, you know, Carson Wentz interception, which equals the Aaron Nola home run. Um, you know, I think once you get past that, I don't think the Bears can do anything. So we'll see. Remains to be seen. I just like how they, they hung in that game, had a chance to win that game against the Titans. To be fair, the, the Bears kind of did the same thing with their division rival uh, Vikings, but I, I, I'm more convinced by the awful commanders so far. Well, we're going to down, go down to Atlanta. Niners, Falcons. Uh, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Give me, give me the down. 49ers to win. Jimmy G is going to do a lot through the year. They're going to run it well with Jeff Wilson and company back there. Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. I think Debo's in store for a fantastic week. So give me the Niners to win. Lions minus five and a half, so give me the Niners to win, Niners to cover. Going to be an utter beatdown in Atlanta. Not a fun week to be an Atlanta sports fan. Moving on. Braves can turn it around. No, they can't. There's time. Patriots, Browns. Browns had that heartbreaker against the Chargers. Mm. Missed the game-winning field goal. Uh, Lost 30-28. to They stick at home. They play the Pats, who beat down the Lions 29-0 at home. Damian Harris didn't play. Ramondre Stevenson looked really good. Uh, this is going to be a game where both these rushing attacks are going to have to prevail. I think that can certainly happen with the way Austin Eckler ran all over this Browns defense last week. It's going to be uh, a rushing attack that's going to favor Cleveland, though, with Nick Chubb being better than Stevenson. So give me the Browns to win a tight one. You don't think Bailey Zappi continues his run? No, sir. Zap, 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 zap. Sorry, Bailey Zappi. The story, nah. the story just going to end right now. Well, not end, but it's going to it's going to give a, it's <laughs> going to get a Zappi loss. Bailey Zappi done after this week. <laughs> it's going to get a loss. Well, depending on when Mac Jones comes back. Yeah, I I think uh, I think you're right on this one. The Browns' running attack definitely more dynamic with uh, um, Chubb and Hunt, by the way. Um, plus, they're they have better receivers, I think, and uh, a much better quarterback in Brissett than than Zappi. Zappi. So uh, yeah, give me the Browns. I Mitch. think it's close, though. I think it's fairly close. Yeah, it's going to be a tight game all the way, but I think the Browns win by a field goal. The Cleveland's favored by three, so they're going to cover. Yeah, three or four points. So, absolutely. Okay, we're going to go to Lambeau Field. Packers had that stumble against the Giants in London last week, Ooh. fell 27 22. Jets pounced the Dolphins. Uh, trounced, I should say, not pounced, but 40 uh, 17. They won. Skyler Thompson, third string quarterback, was in for Miami, so. Jets had the advantage there, but they did a good job running all over the Dolphins' defense. Brees Hall did it on the ground, did it through the air. He's continuing to look really good and slowly but surely taking over a majority of the snaps in this backfield. Michael Carter still getting in there with the red zone touches, had two rushing scores <laughs> last week. So. After Hall did all the work. Yeah, Brees Hall did the heavy lifting. Michael Carter just cashed in and got rewarded yeah. for the touchdown. He's like, yay, I did it. No, you got to keep up your fantasy stats. Yeah, he was on my bench. Thanks Oof. a lot, Michael. Nerd. I didn't think to play him because I thought Reese was going to dominate. Which Reece he did. did <laughs> Just happened that Carter got in the end zone. So, um, yeah, man, Jets looked really good. Packers didn't in the second half. Jets have a pretty good defense. It's my upset of the week. Oh, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Jets go to four and two. Jets go to four. That sounds odd. Does. But I like it, man. I just like the... The Jets better than the Packers after this week? Giants are better than the Packers. That's also weird. I don't get it. Oh, man. Who's your pick? This is a tough one for me uh, because I agree with everything you just said. But uh, I just think uh, I believe in Aaron Rodgers much more. Uh, Packers have also a good running back in Aaron Jones. Hasn't Uh, really been utilized, though. That's the problem. But I'm going to bet that they start using him more... Uh, after a shocking, shocking loss to the Giants. So uh, give me the Packers. to. I could end up being totally wrong as Rodgers rebounds and the Jets get killed, but that's a chance I'm willing to take. Yeah. So. No, I, I 100% see where you're coming from. Give me the Ro- uh, the Rodgers. No, give me the Packers to bounce back against 
New York. Okay. Jags, Colts in Indianapolis. These two teams met in week two. Saw Jacksonville win 24 to nothing in the shutout down Ooh. in Duval County. Uh, but Jags are going to Indy this time. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a different story. Colts find a way to build some momentum off that gritty, gross Thursday night win in Denver. Yeah, I wouldn't I call like that gritty. I'd win. call that disgusting. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, look, it was hard fought despite terrible offense. They had to still scratch it out in overtime with a field goal and a stop at the end. So I'd say it's hard fought, gritty, and gross all at the same time. Colts won, though. I think they're going to continue it. They're going to win again this week. Oh, man. Um, I just think 24 to nothing doesn't really. I get Pittman was out, but. Uh, Especially the way this Jags offense looked last week against Houston at That home. is true. They Six did, points. They did look bad against Houston. Uh, both these offenses look bad. Oh, they're terrible. Week. Man, it's going to be gross. Um, Colts have home field, too. That's mostly why. That what's the line? The edge. Minus two Indianapolis. Uh, so it's not even an upset of the week. I'll still go with the Jags to uh, sweep the Colts and Frank Reich. All righty. Vikings, Dolphins, down in Miami. Dolphins, we mentioned their blowout loss to the Jets. Skylar Thompson is going to roll to quarterback spot again this week. T- uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be available as the backup. They're not going to start him with all the concussion stuff. Uh, but that happened. He was still in protocols, but he is cleared. They are going to roll with Thompson, though, because they don't want to risk further injury with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Vikings, they roll down there 4-1. and one. They're looking pretty good. They're looking awesome. Dalvin Cook played his uh, college days down in Florida against Florida State, and he played pretty well uh, at home and on the road against Florida teams as well. So I like Dalvin Cook to run it well, uh, and I like the Vikings to win this one. I also like the Vikings to win this one fairly comfortably against a third-string quarterback. Um, Miami has weapons, but with uh, Thompson at the helm, they're not able to use them. Give them the Vikings two scores at minimum. All right, Ravens, Giants in New York. Baltimore favored by five. Four and one Giants, three and two Ravens. Lamar Jackson has never lost against an NFC team in his career. I believe he's what? 12 and 0. Uh, I saw that tweeted out, I believe, by CBS There's this morning. No, I am going to double check no. that, though. Against NFC teams? Yes. Like National Football Conference teams. That's impossible. Let me check. He's been in the league more than three years, and you play four of them each year. Hold on. Is that cr- that's crazy if that's Best true. career win percentage versus NFC among active quarterbacks, minimum 10 starts, Lamar Jackson, and a 1,000 win percentage, 12-0 and 0 against what? the NFC. That will continue this weekend as that offense. Uh, look, Are the Giants kidding? defense has looked a lot better. But Are you kidding me? They haven't played a quarterback of Lamar's caliber in terms of the rushing style that he brings. I know they played Aaron Rodgers. You're going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. They just played Aaron Rodgers last week. I know. I know when Aaron Rodgers is a really, really, really good quarterback, but they haven't played a quarterback who can run like Lamar Jackson can. I think that's going to be the difference, the way he can rush it on the ground. Uh, I think Mark Andrews is going to get in the end zone a couple times. It's going to be a close game. Good. But uh, give me the Ravens to win. Giants cover, though. Wow. Okay. Um, This Giants team showed me something in London. And... uh, the as only reason I do this is because me. the more I doubt the Giants, the more they win. So I'm just going to keep that style rolling. I've picked against them the last two weeks, and they've won both of them. So yeah. Giants keep proving me wrong. I will gladly take picking you, picking against you if you guys continue to win. As much as it pains me, this is my upset of the week. Saquon goes off against the Ravens. Uh, Daniel Jones, I think, shows that he can compete with uh, Lamar here, even without true weapons. I mean, who's catching passes for the Giants these days? It's not good. Um, Darius Slayton, wide receiver one, baby. Could could be a, a star here. So, you know, I, I think the Ravens' secondary is weak. And, uh, you know, so that kind of puts weakness against weakness and, and enables the Giants to stay in this game, I think. So, look out. Could be a sneaky, uh, another lead lost by the Ravens this year, which is becoming a theme. So, 
All right. Well, we do have to take our second break of hour number one here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, Mitch and I will continue to go through the NFL slate for week six and continue to give you our picks right here on Heavy Hitters. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. KUR Kutztown. I'm Mitchell, ready to go. Mitchell shuts the door, now getting his headphones back on, saying to go. goodbye to our wonderful friends out in the lobby. One more bite of granola bar. But I'm going to turn your mic off for that. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, we're back. We're getting right back into the NFL picks here. And Mitch is just enjoying every last bite of granola bar. <laughs> Delectable. Um, but <laughs> we left off with Giants Ravens. We're gonna go to the Steel City Bucks Steelers. Pittsburgh's one and four. Tampa Bay is three and two with their twenty-one fifteen win at home against Atlanta last week. Steelers got absolutely destroyed, thirty-eight three up in Buffalo. Now they got to come back home and play Brady. God, these are so hard to chew. Not <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Not <laughs> come <laughs> back though. <laughs> <laughs> Not looking good for the Steelers. Bucks favored by eight. I'm going Tampa Steelers Bay. are too hard to chew. Not looking good for the Steelers. Not looking good for the Steelers. Uh, just how they looked last week, man. It was terrible. Matt, was Canada, Matt Canada needs to be fired immediately. It's a terrible so, situation. Who offense is garbage. Tampa Bay. Oh, oh man. Mm. I'm picking the Bucks. You know I knew that. I knew that because you. I have Mike Evans and uh, Deontay Johnson yeah. playing each other. Uh, should I sit Deontay Johnson this week? That's a question you seriously have to start asking. Yourself. I have Johnson, Myers, and Thomas fighting for two spots. Well, yeah, that's a pickle, isn't it? That is. That is a pickle. It's it's very hard to chew. So, <laughs> fantasy advice comes at a premium these days. Um, not sure. Do I want to give that out for free on it? <laughs> wow. I'm just kidding. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Gets the littlest bit of fame so, on his college radio station, and now he's. You know, behind a paywall. <laughs> Come on, Jack. Be for the people. The I'll jokes, tell you this. The jokes are there, dude. I'm just, I'm not actually going to do that. If I had to give you advice, I'd say play play Myers and uh, Evans, right? Uh, well, Evans is definitely playing. Yeah. He's my WR1. Okay. But in, It's Johnson, like, Myers, and who? Johnson, Myers, and Michael Thomas. <sighs> Coming off the injury. Myers. Myers and? Myers. <laughs> Well, no, Myers and Johnson probably. I don't okay. know if I like Thomas coming right back off an injury. Yeah, so. that's what I was thinking. But, I mean, Olave's down. If there's a week that Thomas is going to get a lot of targets, it's this week. That's true. That's so, true. But a Kamara lot to think him about. Up too. Kamara could eat him up, too. Because mm. he had a big week last week. Mm. Speaking of the Saints, that's a perfect jumping point. They You're host welcome. the Bankles. They host the Bangles. The Bankles? Yeah, the Bankles. <laughs> you see Bad the ankles? Yeah. That sounds like the Saints right did, now. Did you see? Uh, did you see Joe Burrow got jump scared by a reporter's cough in, the, uh, in, a, in a press <laughs> conference? No, I didn't. That's what playing behind the Bengals' offensive line has done to him. That's done to him. Wow, that man has PTSD. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Poor Joe. Poor Joe. I don't know. He was like, oh. I was like, oh my goodness, it's just a cough, Joe. It's not that serious. See, you got that, and then you got Reagan when the balloon pops, going, missed me. Yeah, so <laughs> legendary. Yeah, that was legendary. Two but, very different press conferences. Oh, absolutely. But uh, for Mr. Burrow and the Bengals, they travel down to the Bayou to play the Saints. They are favored by one and a half, and with their gut wrenching loss on Sunday night at Baltimore, and with the Saints' ability to look good on offense at home against the Seahawks, I think they're going to find a way to continue it. The Saints find a way to do these things. They're just like the Steelers in terms of, like, they don't really ever have bad seasons. Like, even if they're not great, they just find a way to be average. 
Uh, Saints are at home. I like them. And then when they have a good season, they let Stefan Diggs run down the sideline for 61 yards. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's the story of the Saints. Uh, I don't know how this line is just one and a half. I mean, I, I think the Bengals win this one pretty solidly. I don't think the Saints are good at all. Um, and I think the Bengals are. So I have a good team playing against a not good team. Uh, and I don't think it's basically a tie. I think the good team is going to win pretty solidly here. Joe Burrow is better than uh, – well, who's playing this week? Is it still Dalton? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's better than Dalton. So, so. The former Bengal. Yeah, exactly. Revenge arc? Oh, that's not good. That has not worked this year, no, Jack. that's not good. That has not worked. Maybe, maybe I should have picked the Bengals. Yeah. I, I didn't think that through. Yeah, there you go. I'm trusting in D- Andy Dalton. Do it for me, man. Do it for me. Andy, do it, Dalton. Andy, do it for me, Dalton. <laughs> so – um. Yeah, we're not going to spend much time in this next game. Rams host the Panthers. Carolina gets Woo! crushed. Keep pounding. Carolina gets crushed. Let's go. I don't even care that Matt Rule's gone. He was terrible, but they're still not a good football team, no, and they got to play the very bad, the desperate team. Rams. Yes, but Rams. the Rams are a bad football team too. Rams are going to win. It's not I know. Close. I know. I, I think it's close. No. I don't think it's thirty-seven fifteen like the 49ers game. Well, the Rams are favored by ten and a half. So. I think it's a 10-point win. I think 30-20. Rams, Rams win. Rams cover. Oh, I think they fall just short of covering. Well, we're going to keep in the NFC West. Cardinals travel up to play Geno Smith in the Seahawks. Arizona's Ooh. favored by three. Ooh. Geno Smith's looked really good. People, you know, are they saying, is this just a fluke, Geno? But I don't know. He's looked really good. He's made some really impressive throws. This offense just works. I think Kenneth Walker's going to step in there and be fine filling the shoes of Rashad Penny. Oh, yeah, he'll be fine. I think the receivers there, Lockett and Metcalf, are looking fine. They're at home, and I don't like Arizona. Give me the Seahawks to pull off the upset. Yeah, I knew you were going to do that. And I'm also going to – am I? I don't know. Do it. Because Ito Benjamin's in. Do it. Instead of uh, Connor. Do it. it. Connor hasn't been effective. Uh, But it's the last week before Hopkins comes back. I think uh, it finishes out with one more divisional loss. Give me the Seahawks. Thank you, Mitch. Seahawks country. That let's ride. That uh, that really that, that gratified really your me. soul. It did. It did. That I gave up the Cardinals for a week. Yep. Hey, they're still going to make a late season push. <laughs> Sorry we'll see about that. Primetime game of the week, four twenty-five. CBS. We are assuming it's going to be Nance and Romo here in Kansas City. The Buffalo Bills, the Kansas oh, City Chiefs. Oh man! Game of the That's week. That's this week. Rematch of last year's divisional round, where we saw that crazy ending. You all know how it went. And if not, Gabriel well, Davis. Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns, and the Chiefs needed 13 seconds to tie the game and send it to overtime. Phenomenal game, thriller, probably the game of the year uh, from last year. Game but of a decade. It it's happening again in the regular season. I assume these teams might see each other in the playoffs again too. Hundred percent. Bills favored by three at Arrowhead. First time in Mahomes' career, he is a dog at home. Wow. And I think in the regular season it was. Um, but. Bills favored by three, and important note for Buffalo, Tredavious White is back at practice. He is not reported to play this week, but he should be back sometime uh, soon, maybe even next week for Buffalo. They're a star cornerback who they lost last year to a torn ACL. He is back, he is practicing, and he will be back, I'm assuming, next week to play for the Bills. That is a huge addition to a secondary that's already dealing with injuries and Micah Hyde being done for the season. So that's going to be a huge add later, but as for this week... um, before I give you my pick, I do have a quick message from the KUR Notebook, though. Oh, Attention, the KU community. Kutztown's annual Pride Fest is joining with the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center's National Coming Out Day event. Come out to be yourself and love yourself. 
Come celebrate Pride Fest and National Coming Out Day on Thursday, October 13th from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. in rooms 218 and 223 of the McFarland Student Union. This is one celebration that you will not want to miss. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. That is tomorrow, by the way, so attend. Almost time to tear it out of the notebook. Yeah, that's true. That is probably the last time that that notebook will be read on air. Cherish it. So... Yes, do with, it what, do with it what you will. But getting back to the NFL, Bills Chiefs, Bills favored by three at Kansas City. Chiefs win. Whew. This is crazy, Jack. This is a big game. The this Chiefs, should have been prime time. The like, Chiefs get them 425 again. isn't prime enough. Like, like, I don't know. It's like, it's one of those things where I have to see Buffalo beat Kansas City before I can actually start confidently, confidently picking no. it. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I I don't know what you're saying because I I basically did see them beat them, and but then, they didn't. Well, okay, first of all, but they didn't. First of all, basically means nothing. All, right, they lost the game. Care. Right. They lost the game. If you would let me finish my take, if you would let me finish my take, uh, in all facets of that game, other than the insane ending. Buffalo was on pace to win that game. On pace. On pace. Listen. listen. They lost the game. Let me weave a tale of of unfinished business here. Okay? The Chiefs stormed back. I understand that. But even still, they stormed back to a tie. And Buffalo was robbed of a chance to try and win the game. Oh, robbed of of a chance. Make a stop. Make a stop, dude. You know what? He shouldn't even have got to overtime because you let them go down the field in 13 seconds. So, you know what? Everyone's saying Buffalo got robbed. No, the Bills deserve to lose that game no. because their defense couldn't step up Incorrect. when it mattered most. Okay. Incorrect. I mean, not really. You let, the, you let the Chiefs move 40 yards downfield in 13 seconds. Okay. Pathetic. I don't care. Dude, That's the, the rules by their nature That's favored the Chiefs. They did. And it wasn't just it was targeted at the Chiefs. It favored the team that won the coin toss. I'm you not- needed you needed to get a stop with 13 seconds and not let them kick a field goal. They failed to do that, and therefore, they deserve to lose the game. Is it possible that the Kansas City Chiefs had insane playmakers? By the way, the guy that made those plays to make that possible isn't on the field this year in Tyreek Hill. Give me the Bills. They're upset. There's no Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs look at least a step behind what they were last year. The Bills look like they're rolling right along. Give me the Bills. I could I could easily see the Bills winning this game, but um, going back to last year real quick, yeah, man, uh, dead wrong. They played like 15 yards off the ball, and you can't let Tyree Kill get in open space and just run around because he's too quick, and you saw what he did. Um, he made you pay for it. So um, Bills, man, they got to do it. They have to be able to beat Kansas City before I can start picking them to do it. Give me the Chiefs to win just because of uh, this what is, I've seen. This is where the tide turns, And this, if this is the time where they You're beat gonna them. You're going to be late. You're going to be late. I don't, I'd rather be late than um, – I'd, I'd rather be late here because I need to see them do it before I can believe it. Bills so. Mafia, let's do it. Sunday Night Football, Cowboys, Eagles. Dun, dun, At dun, the dun, link, 5-0, Cooper Rush is going to get the nod this week from what Mike McCarthy said. So he has a chance to go 6-0 and as a starter. As At the helm of this Cowboys offense, as for the Eagles, they come back to the friendly confines of the link after getting a gritty win in the desert against Ooh. the Cardinals. Dicker. The kicker. Um, But... Not too much time on this one. Eagles are home. Not too much time they're, on this one. They're favored by six. Uh, I think it's going to be the Eagles. It's you think close. so? Wow. I think this game's going to be very close. I think it's going to be a very close game. I like the Cowboys' defense, but their offense won't be able to do anything. Oh, my. You don't believe in the undefeated Cooper Rush? <laughs> you don't believe in the uh, Cowboys' offense that's constantly destroyed, decimated the Eagles since 2018? 
It's it's not Dak. It's Cooper Rush. I understand. They're twentieth in yards per game and twentieth and twenty first in. I think they're twentieth in points per game and twenty first in yards per game. This offense clearly is not even close to the firepower they had with Dak, uh, and that's going to come back to show this time. Jack, uh, weird things happen to, in this in this rivalry. It doesn't matter. The Eagles are going to win. <sighs> can't convince me otherwise. I agree with you, but I, I think it's by a field goal or four points ish. Eagles win, Eagles cover. No, no, I don't think the Eagles cover. This is a very, I mean, we thought last week was a trap game. Oh, save it. We thought last week was a trap game, and I accurately said it was not. Eagles win, However, Eagles cover. The Eagles showed flaws, okay, and I've celebrated this win, but it is Dallas week, and the boys need to get it together because it's a big game. This is one of the biggest football games we've had in this city in quite some time, okay? Really? Yes. This is a big game, Jack. It's fought. We're undefeated. And it's Dallas. We can't break our undefeated streak to Dallas. This is one of the biggest sports weeks Philly's had. The the Phils doing what they're doing. The Eagles on their streak. It's unbelievable. I I, I mean, I just, I think the Eagles will win. Okay. I think we have the better quarterback, which I can't believe I'm saying about Jalen Hurts. But we have the better quarterback. He's miles better than Cooper Rush. Problem is, our offensive line is hurt. Okay. Offensive line is hurt. We have good playmakers, but are they going to be able to to get the ball out to them consistently with this offensive line? Jalen Hurts is going to make enough plays. Jalen Hurts is going to prove why he's an ever-so-growing quarterback and developing at a very exceptional rate this year and developing into a very strong, I wouldn't say elite, but very solid NFL quarterback, and he's going to solidify himself into that Tier 2 of quarterbacks. I think, after this week with the performance he's going to put on. I hope you're right, but I've seen Cooper Rush in big moments show up in prime time before. And throw for 102 yards. His first start. How many many yards did he throw that time? I don't know. I don't think he's ever thrown over 300. Against Minnesota? I don't think he's ever thrown over 300 in a game. Wow. Well, still, hey, there's the first time. He's not a great quarterback. It's just, sorry, dude. I hope you're right. I really do, but... I'm worried. This is a divisional rivalry that is always, like, both teams bring their best each and every time. And I, I think you're going to see the—I tr- I think this week really will be the full, you know, potential of Cooper Rush. If he gets obliterated, if it's a blowout win for the Eagles, yeah, obviously Dak will come back and be the starter. Uh, but let's say Cooper Rush puts up some numbers. I mean, what do you do? He's played in five games and has thrown for only 839 yards. Okay. That's not that good. Backup quarterback numbers. 5-0. and oh, He did what he needed to do. So Perhaps, Jack, they were actually running the ball with the two star running backs they have. They didn't even run the ball that efficiently last week in one. Zeke had like 76 yards and 22 carries. Against the against the Rams? Yeah, they T- did. Tony Pollard did the heavy lifting. Yeah, Pollard was great. 80, but it was mostly just one big run. But anyway, uh, we got to get one more game in here in yeah. this final hour. Chargers-Broncos Monday night. Chargers favored by five at home. Given the Chargers. Eckler has another big week. Um, but it's going to be a lower scoring game. I think it's 21 to 13 Chargers win. Mm. Keenan Allen coming back this week? I don't know. That's I think, a good question. I think so. Even the Chargers pretty comfortably battled the uh, you know, the Browns should have uh, lost that game. But uh, I, I like what I see from the Chargers offense. Justin Herbert's a very good quarterback. Um, Russell Wilson is not currently. And, I mean, we saw it on, on Thursday night last week. They just can't get anything going. So, give me the Chargers a really comfortable win here uh, in the division. Monday Night Football. 
Sounds good. Well, that will do it for our NFL picks, and that will do it for our number one of heavy hitters. Don't go anywhere, though. Our number two, we got NHL, college football, and at the end, we'll squeak in a little bit of college basketball yeah. discussion right here on Heavy Hitters. Stay tuned. Our number two, three o'clock on the East Coast. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That is Jack Heim. Patty and the Rats playing us into our number two of heavy hitters. Huh. We just finished up our NFL Week 6 picks, and uh, we'll be moving into NHL, college football, college hoops. But first, Jack, an unfortunate update out of Atlanta. It appears that rain, at times heavy rain, is in the forecast until 11 o'clock Eastern time. It does not, to my untrained eye, look like this game will get in. However... There will be a meeting, uh, I believe, at 4 p.m. with MLB officials uh, to decide if the game can be played. Rumors are they will not start the game unless they can get all the way, they feel they can get all the way through without delays. Well, this is official from the Braves' Twitter account. Today's Brazers Phillies NLDS game two will not start at 4.35 p.m. due to weather. The start time is to be determined, and we will pass along the updated start time as soon as it's determined. For fans of tickets to today's game, gates open at 3 p.m. and uh, that, all that other stuff after hmm. that. Really so they're bringing people matter. into the ballpark. Yes. Strange. That is, that's very odd. I looked at the fort, well, it was the Apple weather app, not to throw anyone under the bus here if it doesn't come to fruition. Weather forecasting is very difficult. But it seemed there was a break at 6 and then it rains until 11. Um, now that, that could be wrong, but uh, man, that, that would suck if they can't get it in today. Uh, I guess tomorrow on the open day would be the the change. And that opens up the Phillies' arms that were uh, heavy throwing in the bullpen yesterday that we talked about early in the show that aren't available for Game 2. Yeah, so certainly looking like Game 2 is not going to get in. And it's getting a little bit more cloudy here as well, so we could maybe be seeing some rain in the area. But um, as for down in Atlanta, it does appear that Game 2's possibility of happening uh, is up in the air at it's, best. It's weird they're letting people in, though, at yeah, three. Strange. I, that's what I don't... Maybe trying to sell some stuff at the stadium, at least? Concessions? Maybe. I don't know. That's really odd. So, uh, keep you posted if we get any updates in the next hour. But, um, man, you know what, Jack? I assume this is where we're going next. NHL, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I sat down. Uh, well, actually, I asked my, my Echo what the score was in the Golden Knights game because I was following it a little bit uh, throughout the first two periods. And I was told it was a 1-1 tie. Third period just started, 18 and a half minutes left. So I went out, I turned on ESPN, and I was treated to one of the most refreshing periods of hockey I've ever seen. I haven't watched hockey, obviously, since the playoffs, since the Hurricanes got eliminated. I follow them. Flyers are my number one. Go Canes. And what a third period we were treated to. Uh, one-to-one tie, Kings and Golden Knights coming into the third. Uh, Golden Knights go up 2-1, uh, but the Canes come right, or Kings come right back, tie it up at two. I believe it was a power play goal to go up 3-2 for the Golden Knights. These scores were changing every, you know, two or three minutes. And then the Kings battle back. They tie it up at three once again, just as their power play expired. And then, and then, as it looked like the Kings were just sitting back on defense... Waiting for overtime with 24 seconds left. Mark Stone comes down, puts it in the back of the net. Golden Knights go on to win 4-3. What a hockey game. Yeah, it was fantastic, Mitch. Um, 4-3, Knights win, like you mentioned. Great third period, four goals in total. 
uh, Eichel and Carlson for the Knights, Kempe and Kaliev for the Kings. Oh, no, three for the Knights, excuse me. Uh, with Mark Stone, you mentioned Barry and the Bisque with 26.9 to go. And the energy was there. I mean, it's Man. opening night, but Stone was celebrating like this game was, I wouldn't say like game seven, but he was he was amped he and rightfully so. He was pretty so. excited. Rightfully so. Knights steal one in L.A. And the Kings, they they made the playoffs last year. Vegas not, so Vegas looking for a little bit of redemption tour. One of the most talented rosters in the league uh, does Vegas have. It's just the goaltending situation that's uh, a little bit of a question mark. It's holding them back, yeah. But they, they put the pressure on all night. They took the pressure off their goalie, put it on the op- opposition. I mean, that whole third period, they were buzzing around the net. It yes. seemed like the Kings were the ones stealing the goals to get back into the game. Yep, that is certainly certainly the truth there. But the Knights hang on and win. That wasn't the only game that went on last nope. night. We're going to go to Madison Square Garden with the Rangers MSG. playing the Lightning in the rematch of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. And the Rangers got the best of the Lightning here on opening night. 3-1, to one, the Rangers win. Two goals by Mika Zibanejad. One shorthanded, one in the power play, so he was a special teams. Special teams machine. Yeah, absolutely. Special teams monster, scoring two goals uh, there. Stamkos registered the lone goal on the power play for Tampa Bay. That lightning power play unit continues to be just a juggernaut uh, as they are ever so dangerous before Barkley Goodrow uh, added some insurance on for the Rangers, assisted by Ryan Lindgren and Lee Ryan Carpenter is uh, the other guy who got that assist, R. Carpenter. I'm not, not fully sure. I wasn't even... Sure, that guy was on the Rangers, but he is. He was playing and uh, gets a secondary assist there. So there you go. Rangers win it <laughs> opening night. Uh, it was fantastic that hockey's back. It was really uh, good to see. Yeah, absolutely. Hockey's a great thing, and uh, the playoffs last year were fantastic. Uh, and I'm just excited for the regular season to be back. Islanders open up tomorrow. Flyers, I believe, also open up tomorrow yes, night. Yes, sir, tomorrow night against uh, they the, play the New the Devils. Jersey Devils. Yep. That is going to be at Wells Fargo Center. That'll be a 7 o'clock start time. ESPN Plus slash Hulu for anyone listening, uh, trying to tune into that I can't one. believe it. I can't believe it. The opener is on ESPN Plus. So, I'm, I'm very upset. Irate. I, I am irate. Actually, I like when Islanders Flyers games on ESPN Plus because I can actually get it then because, you know, Philly Sports Market blacking out the games. Thank you very much. Someone's upset. Yeah, I am upset. Got to get that My Teams app, Jack. Yeah, I can never watch Mets, Phillies, or anything like that because they black out the game. So what do you what do you use to try and watch it? Uh, Directv. Direct. Oh, yeah. Really, they black out when it's. Uh, yep. Yeah, the only one who has it is Comcast slash Xfinity. So. Yeah, that I use the. Uh, yeah. So Xfinity My Teams app or the Comcast My Teams app to watch the uh, the Phils. Flyers, sixes. Well, before we get back to NHL, back too. yeah. Before we get back to NHL discussion, though, we do have to get a quick message from the KU Ranopa Contention KU community. The Kutztown Folk Music Society's 2022-2023 season begins on Friday night, October 14th, with a performance by KFMS board members and friends. Vice President Lucy Muth and a few other local musicians will be playing a large variety of acoustic. Acoustic music. Acoustic. Excuse me. <laughs> Acoustic music. Wow. You will be surprised by what you hear. The performance takes place at St. Paul's UCC, which is located at 47 South White Oak Street in Kutztown. Doors open at 6 p.m. and the performance begins at 7.30 p.m. The parking and the entrance to the church are at the rear in the alley. Admission for adults is a $9 donation, while children 12 and under can attend for free. Food and drink will not be served for more information, you can contact Keith Brinsonhoff at 484-336-9639 or St. Paul's UCC at 
3393. We hope to see you there. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Yes, that is acoustic music, not acoustic. Acoustic music. Yeah. (laughs) Mispronunciation there by me, but there was a lot of threes. threes There were a lot of threes, man. But that is the phone numbers you need to contact if you are looking for more information. Getting back into our NHL discussion here on Heavy Hitters, right here on the Radio Voice of Kutztown University, KUR cuts down. It's Mitchell Smedley and Jack Heim giving you everything in sports right now. But going back to the hockey world tonight, Blue Jackets Canes open yeah, up down baby. at PNC Arena Let's in go. Raleigh. I have been there myself. I really? saw the Rangers play the Canes a few years ago. Wow, how'd Maybe, you like it? It was pretty good. It's a good environment down there. Yeah. Um, well, not when I went because the Canes were terrible, but. Uh, since they've been good and in the playoffs, they know how to rock that place. So. Oh, it, it gets rocking, doesn't it? It it gets rowdy in there. Mm. So down at Raleigh, I think last year CMC did the uh, the siren blaring in the playoffs. Oh, did he? Yeah, he. Uh, oh, I didn't even. Pay I forget what it is, but there's like a dial that you can just. It's like you spin it, and like the the horn gets really loud there, like mm. the hurricane siren. So. By the way, we skipped over something in the NFL. How about the CMC trade rumors? Yeah, how about it? Uh, uh, Eagles have been thrown around. Bills, Bills and Eagles are the two I've seen. Yep, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Bills and Eagles are the two top teams who have been in those discussions. But uh, Thank God it's two teams I'd be able to root for them on. Man, uh, that would be... My favorite player. That would be incredible. That would shake things up. That would be dramatic. a shocker. I don't know world. why those are the two teams that are being thrown around, though. I, I honestly don't understand. Bills don't really have a good running attack. You don't think Devin if Singletary had, is a good running back? Dude, it's CMC. If you add CMC to that right, offense, the, the, the Bills would be merely unstoppable. Oh, my God. What are you adding You know that's worth giving up all of the draft picks it's going to require? He's the best You're not going to need all those draft picks. Yes, yes, you are. He's not under contract for that much longer, is he? Uh, he got a four-year, $64 million deal, I think, two years ago. So this is already year three. I think. He's not going to stay there. That's sad. I love Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. He's not going to stay there. I know. Gonna have to buy a New Jersey. <laughs> so, oh wait, um, what you got? Let me see. Do we have breaking news? It says UFA in twenty twenty six. So, yeah, maybe, maybe he got an extension. Maybe. Wow. But uh, no, you remember that four year sixty four mil? Yeah. Right. Like that was big deal, highest paid running back. But uh, I, if he came to the Eagles, I, I honestly I might lose my mind because surely for the fact that it, it's my favorite player on my favorite team. That would absolutely send me over the moon. But we have Miles Sanders. Like, we don't need McCaffrey. I don't understand why this is happening. No, nah, I like that. Let, let let the Eagles give up all that. I mean, actually, they probably wouldn't do that because no, it's not good draft. Because Howie Roseman's a again. genius. So, well, back to the NHL discussions. A lot of games happening tonight. There are six games. Jackets, Canes, you already mentioned. Ones. Leafs, Canadians. Good old rivalry there. Bruins, uh, Toronto, Capitals. Montreal. Yeah, Bruins, Capitals. That'll be on TNT at 7 o'clock, so that'll be national television. Along with Blackhawks and the reigning Stanley Cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche matching up at Ball Arena. Should be a beatdown. In Colorado, so they'll, they'll have the banner raising there for their Stanley Cup championship. That'll be a pretty cool pregame uh, ceremony to tune into. That's 9.30 on TNT. How did Man, they not get opening night, Jack? I'm ready for... Uh, I don't understand. I don't know, but uh, I'm ready for Paul Bissonette and that TNT crew to be back. They were so funny last year. Uh, Bissonette, you had... I'm trying to remember who Bissonette is. Um, you had Anson Carter there. You had... Oh, what's his name? Is he the one that Rick goes... Talkin'? Guard! No, he's not an announcer. He just... Ivan Proverum! No, 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 no. Oh. He's not an announcer. He's just a... Uh, He's just like an intermission guy. Oh. So the TNT intermission report desk was hilarious. Rick Tockett. Oh, Anson now Carter, I know who you're talking about. And uh, Liam McHugh, I think that's his name. 
Um, I'm going to double check. Isn't that. he the guy that does the? Uh, he used to work with NBC. I thought Liam McHugh was the uh, NFL Network guy, the, or, or was it Red Zone? Who is the Red Zone guy? That's Scott Hanson. Liam. Oh, is that Scott Hanson? Yeah, Scott Hanson does Red Zone. Oh, yes, it is Liam that... McHugh. I was right. Wow. So. Okay. Look at you. I like. Uh, I like the Keith Jones. Yeah, Keith Jones, Billy yeah. guy, right there. Yeah, he does NBA. He does he TNT now, but yeah, he still uh, does that stuff. Very good uh, analyst. Always love to hear from Keith. And then uh, Brian Boucher on the broadcast team. Love yep. Brian Boucher. Boosh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Boosh does some good stuff. I can I just, while we're on the topic, can I just say how much I miss Mike Emmerich? Yeah, Doc Emmerich, man, he was uh, I national miss him treasure so much. So good, man. So I good. love that voice. Do you like Kenny Albert? I, okay, I am. I'm really a big Kenny Albert fan, and I have been for about three years now across sports. I, his Bautista call is chills. Bautista with a drive, deep left field, no doubt about it. Mm. Yeah, that, and then that siren goes off, yeah. man. Oof, Dude, that that's was chills. incredible. Straight chills, man. Yeah, but I, I'm the guy that gets, uh, I would get super hyped up whenever Kenny Albert would be on an Eagles call. Mm. And then one time he's like, uh, I remember on a broadcast very vividly, he was like, I know our Eagles fans probably don't like me because to this point, uh, they are 0-7 when I'm broadcasting them. <laughs> that was incredible. Like, Didn't That's even incredible. realize. So, oh, no, uh, hockey, I think, is where he's at his best, to be honest with you. I agree. I love Kenny Albert as a hockey announcer. Yeah, him and Eddie Olchek make a pretty good pretty good uh, pair in the broadcast booth. How about, um? oh, who's the guy that has the uh, the voice cracks? Sean McDonough. Yeah, Ew. the yeah him as a hockey Ew. announcer. You no. don't like him? He was no. on the call last night, I think, for the uh, Rangers, Rangers. Lightning. No, I don't like him. As you don't a like him? Guy. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I like. I forget. Uh, what is that guy's I name? I don't really like the hey, ESPN. Hey, Scar! Ivan Provorov, Game oh. Seven, Saturday. Oh, oh, come on! Oh, you're talking about the name is gonna kill me. I love that man. We're gonna figure it out during our break. I'll, I'll coming up in a few it. minutes, yeah. but. Um, for the rest of the slate tonight, though, in the NHL, Kraken taking on the Ducks. Anaheim made some big moves in the offseason. John Klingberg out there now on the West Coast, moved from Dallas to Anaheim. Uh, they also, um, who else did they get? Trevor Zegers is going to continue to develop uh, in the terms of just becoming a star in this league. He looks really good. Um, but, yeah, man, I don't think it's going to be a great year for the Ducks, but they're getting there slowly but surely. Kraken, their second year in the league as well. That so that's going to be interesting to match up. Uh, and then the Canucks and the Oilers. Edmonton trying to build off their run to the conference final last year with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and company up there. So interesting notes to monitor. Jack Campbell making his Oilers debut, presumably coming over from Toronto. So Edmonton has got a lot to look forward to, I think, this season. They're going to be in store for another uh, run to the playoffs. Not sure how deep they'll go, but I think they'll get back there because Connor McDavid is so, so incredibly talented. He is so good and so flashy, and everything he does yep. is just phenomenal to watch. The moves he can just put on the... Pure speed. It's stunning. It's incredible. I got a uh, I got a friend that's an Oilers fan. Wow. Yeah. She's yeah, he... uh she's kind of annoyed at the uh not the Maple Leafs. Uh the Blue Jays for their falling apart. The Blue Jays. <laughs> Touch a ball, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. <laughs> the Blue Jays have lost to the Mariners in the wild card round. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Touch man. them all, Seattle. You'll never be back here for 21 more years. Oh, my goodness. Imagine. That'd be terrible. <laughs> that would be awful. I'd feel awful for Mariners fans. But how, about yeah. the, how about the Mets this year, man? Stop that. <laughs> wow, you're so funny. I am funny. You're so funny. I bring the show. humor. 
Uh, but if we had to give some quick winners for tonight, I think Canes win. I mean, Canes win, this. baby. I mean, Canes, Leafs beat the Canadians. Uh, Colorado absolutely Boston. beats down. Yeah, Chicago. Chicago. There's not many great games. It's just exciting because NHL's oh, back, it's man. It's just awesome. I the mean, NHL classic rivalries back. back. Yes, know? sir. Bruins-Capitals yes, is a good game. I don't Hockey's back. It feels like the one true sport where you can hit people and have it not be a penalty. I, isn't that refreshing? Dude, I watched people getting laid out last night, and I'm like, oh, my God, there's no flags. Like, the Islanders got Alex Romanoff from the Canadians for the 13th pick of the draft, and he laid out Sammy Blay in their preseason game. I'm excited he, for D'Angelo he, to do the same thing. He got penalized for it, but it's like, dude, it's so refreshing to see, like, guys just come in and just lay big-time hits. It's just, yeah. it's, it's really refreshing. After every, uh, you know, after two guys go flailing into these glass walls, I don't have to worry, well, did he put his weight on him? Did he brace his arm somewhere? Did he hit him, you know, at the shoulder level? Like, what per- happened? Personal foul, roughing the skater. Yeah, roughing the... Defense number, 20, <laughs> defense number 27. Defense. That's going to be a five-minute penalty. Game yeah. is conduct. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and but, he has to write an apology letter. Yeah, we're not there with hockey. How about the Thank ref goodness. giving the, the speech? <laughs> and then did you did I, I saw this on TikTok, so this may may or may not be official. But uh it was the ref that gave that speech and then uh he, he was talking to Ah, who was he talking to? One of the skaters. I forget who, one of the players. But uh he's like, They wanted me to, to do a speech for T V and he goes, What? They wanted me to do a speech for T V? How much are they paying you the uh for that? We're negotiating after the fact. I want an ESPN hat. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? No. Oh, I'll send it to you. It's so funny. But I do have a bit of breaking. No, not breaking, but it did happen this morning. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres have signed defenseman Matias Samuelson to a seven-year contract. Ooh. Annually worth. Let me look at it right now. I was texting my cousin earlier about it because we're both big hockey guys. Uh, seven years, $30 million. I believe that is $4.29 a year, if I'm doing the math correctly. So... Sabres taking a chance. Samuelson's only played, I think, 54 games. So, big-time deal there. Big-time deal uh, to lock up a guy who's got a lot of potential to be a top uh, top four solidified defenseman. But uh, we do have to step aside, unfortunately, when mm. we come back. More NHL discussion and shifting into college football. Big right college football week on up. Heavy Hitters and our number two. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Cutstown University, KUR Cutstown. Roaring on an hour number two, it's Mitchell Smedley and Mitchell Smedley Jack taking a wild sip of water. Yeah, I always a- wonder if you guys can hear that, you and the listener. DM our Instagram at Heavy Hitters KUR if you can hear Mitchell. Have you heard me water. drink this? Let me let me give you a. No, I'm not even. <laughs> I was gonna be like, here's what you're listening for. <laughs> yeah, it's one way to annoy Reg. He's sitting in his office, and then I hear the door slam. Boom, 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 boom. Hey, hey, ruining my station. Also, by the way, another update. John Forslund, Jack found it. Jack yes, found John, John Forslund was the guy Mitch was looking for. Mitch and I were both looking they for They score! He just sounded so, like, shocked every time it happened. And then there was another guy, I, this guy I didn't really care for, but um, he always sounded, like, really, like, angry. Like, he would be like, uh, skates, shoots, scores! Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Do you not remember this? Uh, and they were on the same, like, games, but for, I think, two different networks. It was weird during the bubble. Yeah, like yeah. like Giroux skates, shoots, scores. Yeah, uh, and it then, was. He scores! Oh my god! Wow! Um, How did this happen? Oh my goodness! But um, <laughs> Matias Samuelson's contract was four point two nine mil AV. I nailed it right on the head. Uh, I believe his dad played in the NHL for quite some time. 
But uh, I think him and Don Lee could be the top pair. I'm going to research this. Uh, about the didn't Matias just take another Samuelson. Because <laughs> there was a Samuelson who uh, who did play in the NHL. Yes. Uh-oh. He's right. Yes, he was a professional ice hockey defenseman who played 14 years with the Rangers, Flyers, Penguins, and Lightning between Ooh. 1985 and 1999. What was the name? Uh... Ulf Samuelson, I think, is, Don't what, remember. is his name. Do you remember? How about another father-son duo, the Domies? Yes. Ty, yep, and, Ty Max. and Max. Yes, yeah, sir. Man. Dude, they rough people up, boy. I will never forget going against Domi. Which, ah, oh, man. Which Domi was it in the, on the Canadian series against the Flyers? Uh, Max. Yeah, I think, yeah, Max is the younger one. Yeah, Ty Domi was my, like, my dad told me all about, oh, Ty Domi. He would just beat the, you know, other people, you know. But, yeah, uh, Ty was a uh, Ty was a force. Yeah, my dad kept telling me Ty Ty Domi was one of the most physical guys in the league. He got in like he would get in so many fights. Yeah, uh, Ty long time played with the Blues, um, if I believe correctly. I think. Not sure. So yeah, sure. Samuelson is a uh, back to the Sabers. So Samuelson he has the potential to be a very good top four staple defenseman for the Sabers for quite some time. They take a chance. I like it. It was very similar to the contract that the Stars gave John Klingberg back in 2015. Uh, they took a chance on him, and he played about less than 60 games, less than a full season. They gave him uh, uh, more of a, uh, I would say he was just a more highly regarded prospect and more talented guy. Not yeah. that Samuelson isn't, but. <laughs> um, Breaking news, uh, Jack Hyman insults the talent of Samuelson. No, yeah, Live on Samuelson. air. So Samuelson's an easy guy who's shown a lot of skill, especially on the defensive end, because he's a defense, more, say, more type of a defensive defenseman, but uh, Matias Samuelson, <laughs> Sabres so, give him a seven-year. more in the defensive end because he's a defensive defenseman. Yeah, well, I mean, there are, like, Eric Carlson was an offensive defenseman, you know, hmm. back with the Senators and No, I know Sharks, what you're talking about. So. There are, it, the amount of times you said defensive in yeah, that sentence. Yeah, I did say that a lot. It so. was, you know, you sounded defensive. He was. I think with Samuelson's father, Ulf got in uh, a scrum with Cam Neely. Uh, I, I remember watching, like, a SB Nation on YouTube, they have these beef history videos, and mm. I think I watched one of them. So don't quote me on that, though. I think I won't. I think uh, that is a true thing. He was in beef with somebody. I just don't know if it was Cam Neely from the Bruins back in the 90s or not. But uh, yes, Samuelson does get that contract extension. NHL's back. So excited, man. It's 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 a great time. I, it's a weird spot. Like, I love that hockey's back in general, but the Flyers, like, there's really only one thing I'm excited for, and that's our coach. They're going to stink. Tortorella. Like, I love, ever since I heard that clip of him cursing like eight times in one minute during one of his speeches to his team, I was like, that's the man we need in Philly. But I, we just don't have a team. I think he said it best. You know, this is not going to be a quick fix. He said that today. Uh, no, this roster is not good. It's no, it's riddled, just not good at not all. Not good players. They're older. They're not great players. Uh, you saw last year, it was real bad. Carter Hart was at one time projected to be an elite goaltender, showed flashes early on but really has not played well since. And I think some of that's factored in with the defensive core. I think Risto gets traded sooner rather than later. Um, Ryan Ellis is not going to play again this whole season. Yeah. So that acquisition is not panning out for the Flyers. It's just looking rough. Yeah, the only thing we added was D'Angelo. So That's it. Interesting, interesting, so, interesting. Not I, interesting at all. I mean, it, it, this is the problem with the Flyers. What they did... Well, I was going to say interesting, 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 and then go to my Islanders, but... Oh, I'm sorry. Well, just one more note, because I, I just they need to be freaked out upon before the season starts. Prove me wrong. But what happened was the 2020 run, it feels like so long ago, by the way, now. That 2019-2020 season mm -hmm. um, where we lost to the Islanders in Game 7 Saturday. And it wasn't even close. No, 4 nothing shutout. Um, but it, it just after that 
season when it felt like we had so much promise on this roster. They didn't add anybody. Niskanen retired. And then all they said was, we're going to let the core develop for a year because it was a lot of young players. And it failed miserably. And it just, it's so frustrating that we're in this spot now. Giroux's gone. Uh, all the good players are gone. You know, Voracek and, 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 um, Couturier. It's like, where, where did they, Couturier's still there. Waste, no, I know, but they, in a shell of his former self. Isn't yeah. he hurt? He's Something hurt. like that. I don't know. Um, it's, it's so frustrating. That that all that 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 trio was wasted. They had one run. That's it. One run, Jack. One. We're one. getting to the point where, like, sure, the Flyers have made the playoffs like every other year, seemingly. Uh but it's been like first round exits ever since twenty twelve. Yeah. Which, by the way, was a fantastic series. Actually, I think the, the Flyers lost in the second round of the Islanders in the bubble. No, they did. Yeah. That I, I said that's like the only run. But like twenty eighteen, first round of the Penguins. Yep. Twenty. What was it? Sixteen. I think we got in first round, I believe. Think to Washington. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, it hasn't been since 2010, 2012 that, that the Flyers have been very relevant. I mean, they like I said, that one run after 2020, I mean, they were a cup favorite in 2021. And it, it all fell apart miserably. <laughs> miserably. So I'm just frustrated with yeah, this Yeah, don't team. worry. I'll It'll be just... two or three years before I even have a chance to be excited about them. Islanders fell apart last year. I'm excited to see how they turn things around this year. I think this is the, uh, I mentioned it yesterday, the, it's a, just a reinvigorated group. Uh, they're going to get back to it. Uh, they're going to be physical. They're going to bring back the Islander identity of hockey. It's going to try to grind you out over a full 60 minutes. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Matt Barzal got his eight-year extension, so he's staying on the island for wow. quite some time. Eight years? Eight years, 9.1 annually. So <sighs> I'm excited, man. Barzy stays on the island for eight more years. I could not be more stoked. I'm going to get his jersey sooner rather than later. It's just an exciting time for me, man. I get to see a franchise player finally stick with the Islanders. That's, I mean, he's, that's good, yeah. You know, Must saw John nice. Tavares leave in heartbreak, shattered Islanders fans across the land, but Barzi does not do the same. He sticks, and it's going to be so fun to watch him play for the next eight years well, on Long Island. Well, lucky for you. Lucky for you, you get to watch him up close and personal. You know, I, I, got, I got bigger fish to fry in the sports world, Jack. You do. I have bigger fish to fry <laughs> not gonna say well, it well uh not gonna say it well let's get over to something that'll cheer you up a little bit oh boy and let's talk college about, football let's talk about penn state are we talking about the undefeated penn state nittany lions taking on michigan big noon kickoff that's where we're starting oh yeah is gus no, johnson on the call for that I, I, no game bigger than this i would assume he's on yeah, the call right big noon kickoff oh i can't Clatt. wait to watch that now so i can't wait to watch that absolutely we have an away game this this week right yes at right, shippensburg good, good. all right let's so go golden watch. bears yeah let's go golden bears but i will be watching penn state i will be watching florida state at 7 30 but i will also be following michigan and penn state because i'm a huge college football guy speaking of let's get into the nitty-gritty the stats of this game of what you need to look out for i mentioned the last Cincinnati week how kid. <laughs> i mentioned how alabama <laughs> utah and michigan last week were the three top teams in terms of top 12 in scoring offense, top 12 in scoring defense. Michigan has continued that. The Wolverines are 7th in FBS scoring offense, averaging 43 points a game, mainly led by the rushing attack and Blake Corum, as he is a fantastic running back, the senior. For the Wolverines, he's going to be someone Penn State needs to look out for if they want to win this game. Corum has 735 yards, 11 touchdowns on the year already in just... One sec. Excuse me, five games. <laughs> I think it still came through my mind. Still came through? Sorry. I, I had don't to clear know. My, had to clear my throat there. Another one to comment on the Instagram. 
Yeah, yeah. What what was more audible? Jack's cough or, or my uh, water bottle? Water bottle. Comment. Yeah, uh, I mean. <laughs> DM us, tag us. At least it wasn't something. as bad as our one blooper. Yeah, that's true. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, Do you mind? mind? That was hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Those are going to stay in the file forever. We have to air that on the Instagram at some point. We do. We have to like, anytime we do something stupid like that, we got to show it. Absolutely. Got to show it. Absolutely, <laughs> my friend. But back to Keep Penn going. State and Michigan. Michigan, fifth in scoring defense, averaging allowed, I should say, allowing only 11 points per game on average. So wow. it is a uh, it is a fantastic defensive group. But this is going to be their first big, big test. Penn State coming in. Big, big test. Penn State, Sean Clifford in this offense. Can he win the big game? Can Sean Clifford win the big game? He's, he's not done it before. Hasn't happened. It has not happened. It has not happened in the Sean Clifford era. It's been excruciating. Can he do it? They had a chance at Iowa last year. Clifford got hurt. They were winning. The they train, were winning big. The train fell off the tracks after Robinson came in. Oh, well, that guy was game. the poorest excuse for a Penn State quarterback I've ever <laughs> seen. I've ever laid eyes on. I will never forget being down in Charlotte for Eagles Panthers and watching the sorry excuse for a football player completely throw the game away. And it wasn't even like, oh, we just got slaughtered right when he came in. No, we gave up a field goal, a field goal, a field goal, a field goal, and he's just going. He's going three and out. He's going one first down and out. He he just couldn't do anything. And it's not even like Iowa was lighting up. No. Is, I, I've never seen a more frustrating football game. Never seen it. It was, oh my goodness. Wow. I, I didn't even know that was in me right now, Jack. I've been low energy today. That just exploded out of me. You just brought back a memory I buried under good memories of that weekend. Because after that, I went to a country music oh, concert. Yeah. Okay, okay. I went to Eagles Panthers. Tequan Roberson is his name. Roberson, yeah, yeah. yeah I Roberson. knew. I knew what you said didn't sound right. Uh, see, there's a reason I blocked this man. Roberson. Now that brings back all Robert. memories. Roberson. Ro- not, not Rover. Oh, I thought it was Roverson. Rover. I called him Rover. Maybe that's why he sucked. Because I and I knew something. I knew. Name. I knew you saying that didn't sound right. <laughs> wow. So um, hey. But like I just this is a memory I pushed down so hard and you just brought it back, man. So, that, that, there were so many good parts of that weekend. That made me want to I was at a hotel. I was about to like destroy someone else's property. Wow. <laughs> it was wow. bad. All righty. All righty. Well, we're gonna go to the positives of Penn State here. Enough Let's about how it. good Michigan's been on both offense and defense. Penn State, their defense rivals it. They're thirteenth in the FBS in scoring defense, allowing only fourteen point eight points per game. So this is a Penn State defensive unit that's also very, very good in the top 15 in the country. Uh, elite, hitters. you can call it. So both these defense are heavy hitting. Yeah, uh, they, they come at you. Go. They the come at you with everything drop. they got, especially you know in the secondary. You got uh, Joey Porter Jr. for the Nittany Lions, uh, and they put some guys recently in the NFL. Jaquan Briskers now on the Bears. He was there last year, but you know Penn State's got guys there. Like a Parsons. Yeah, Penn State's put some guys, especially in the defensive side of the ball in the NFL. They got a lot of good guys on defense this year. Uh, but can they contain Blake Corman in this rushing attack? And J.J. McCarthy is no slouch at quarterback either. Uh, but the rushing attack is the main thing I'm looking for for this team. Leading receiver for Michigan, Ronnie Bell, the senior for Kansas City. He's 390 yards in the season, one touchdown. He's averaging 13 yards of reception with 30 catches on the year. So he's leading the attack on the wide receiver room for Michigan. We've seen Bell have some big games against some teams. Last year, Bell had a pretty good performance against um, Ohio State, if I remember correctly. 
along with the rushing attack. So Michigan's at home. It's in the big house. We know that place is going to be rocking. It's the largest stadium in college football, seating 111,000, I believe. That's barely bigger than Beaver Stadium. Um, I could be wrong about that. No, I think you're right. I think Beaver Stadium is like 107. Yeah, so it's only a few thousand bigger. Um, but no capacity, hundred seven thousand at uh, the big house. Oh, it was Beaver. So maybe I don't know. I don't know what Beaver is. Uh, let's let's get a gander. Um, but anyway, look, Penn, both teams top ten in rushing yards allowed though per game. Penn State fifth, Michigan seventh. So both these teams really don't allow against the run, and that's big for Penn State because that plays right into the strength. Uh, they, they combat the strength of Michigan. Blake Corum is. No, had some big rushing games this year for the Wolverines. They're going to try to run it a lot. They're going to establish the run, then let J.J. McCarthy try to air it out. Penn State, obviously with being fifth in the country in rushing yards allowed per game, is a stout rushing defensive unit. Yep. So we're gonna. that's going to be an interesting match to monitor. What strength wins, Penn State's rushing defense strength or Michigan's rushing attack strength? Uh, which, which side will prevail in strength versus strength? That's going to be a big dictator in who ends up winning the game. Michigan, being the home team, is favored. They are favored by seven in this one Oof. in the top ten matchup. Oof. So neutral field would probably have it in Michigan, four. probably minus four, uh, maybe three, depending on Can the Can my hat not field. hit this anymore? So. <laughs> are you seeing this? Yes. Yeah, I saw your hat just go bonk. <laughs> That's right the, the fourth time this uh, this show. So 6-0 yeah. Michigan, 5-0 Penn State. They meet at the big house. That's big noon kickoff, like you said. It's going to be a fantastic game to watch. If you have nothing else to do, even if you have something to do on your Saturday afternoon, find a way to tune into this game. It's going to be classic Big Ten football. It's going oh, to be yeah. defense first, uh, defensive game, low scoring. It's going to be who can run the ball down the other team's throat more. I think advantage would go Michigan, but Penn State's got a very good Mitch. rushing attack as well. Let's say Mitch. They got yeah, Michigan. Uh-huh. Michigan. <laughs> I thought that's what you said. No, I said Michigan, it's but I Mich- think I said it really fast. Mich- Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. But when I say it really fast, it sounds like I'm saying Michigan. So Michigan. Uh, it is spelled Michigan. No. Yeah, there's, there's M-I-C-H. No yeah. Right. There's no T, it's though. Mitch. Yeah, there's no t- The T is Would silent. you clearly hear the T? Mitch. No, you don't. Mitch. 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 So there's a T. <laughs> I thought we were just saying this on air. Um <laughs> If you've ever wondered what it's like when me and Jack are off air, it's that. That's yeah. the moment that it encompasses yes. all of our off air conversations. Exactly. Exactly. That's the Gus Johnson reference. Yes. You just got a glimpse. And other stuff. We do actually have serious sports discussions off air. Sometimes. Too. Yeah. Sometimes. But uh, <laughs> most of the time, Mitch. Hell <laughs> yeah. Penn State, Michigan. Uh, fantastic game. We're going to go to this the 3 30 well, slate. This comes down to, let me just say one thing. No. No, yes. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is. What, what, this is Sean Clifford's last year in the league, obviously, right? Sixth year, hasn't won the big game. But in the words of Chris Collinsworth, now here's a guy oh my, I love you that has me. the college football playoffs staring him in the face in his final year. If you don't think that this is the potentially biggest moment of Sean Clifford's life, it's all on the line for him this year. It's all on the line for him in these next two games, right? Two years over the course of three weeks. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State. When do we play Ohio State? I forget. Um, it's either next week or the week after. You play them Saturday the 29th, so Halloween weekend. Yeah, two weeks from this Saturday. And their whiteout will be next weekend against Minnesota. That's one you can't underlook, right. though. So the next three, like like everyone's been saying, the next three games are what's what's stopping Penn State from the college football playoffs. What's stalling, stopping uh, Sean Clifford from really being a defining quarterback here uh, this season? Man, am I excited for this game because it gets to finally put to bed. Is Sean Clifford, like, actually an answer? And, wow, good thing we've started him to this point. Or 
Or is everything I've been right about for the past five years accurate? Because I've hated him or, for a while. Um, yes, you could be proven right this weekend. I but, think I'll be proven right, honestly. If I had a pick, I think Michigan wins the game. But that's not going to stop me from absolutely yelling this Saturday at that TV. So, yes, I said underlook Michigan. Uh, Minnesota, by the way, it's overlook. I'm uh, uh, Sometimes I mess up my words, and that was an instance well, of Well, you're, you're, you're doing an elusive form of, of gazing around Minnesota, so I, I'd say it still qualifies. That's true. I'll throw you um, a bone there. Penn State, Michigan, though, if I had to give my pick, I would say Michigan. But unfortunately, we do have to take our last break of today's Ooh. show. When we come back, getting more into college football, we have four more games to preview and then lightly touching upon college basketball as that is less it. than a month away. So stick here for a very exciting last about less than 20 minutes of heavy hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K-U-R, Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters. Everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K-U-R, Kutztown. Final segment of today's show, Mitchell Smedley gets back just in the nick of time. Just a little bit late. But, however, we are back. We are talking college football. Had some business to attend to. He did. He did. But we are going to shift our focus to the 3.30 slate of games. We're going down to Neyland Stadium. We talked about Tennessee playing LSU last week. They clobbered him 40-13. to this week. Just skipped right over it. They clobbered him. Yeah. Well, we talked about that yesterday. I love that. So, I just love the way you said it. Sorry for complimenting you. My apologies. No, no, How no, no. dare I? Totally fine. Totally <laughs> fine. I'm not going to, I am not going to shake They don't off come any around very often for so, Jack. So, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure from you. But anyway. Oh, are you saying I'm not a good friend, good co host? <laughs> I did, did I say those words? No. No. You employed. I did not imply anything. No. That is totally up to your perception of how I said and those I, words. And I definitely didn't say that Sean Clifford's a terrible quarterback. <laughs> but you did. Oh, I did. Um, exactly. Anyway, however, <laughs> Alabama, Tennessee, down in Rocky Top, Neyland Stadium, the biggest Alabama-Tennessee matchup in the greater part of 20 years. Ever. I think since Peyton Manning was there was the last time Alabama and Tennessee played this meaningful of game. That's how much Alabama has dominated this rivalry ever since Nick Saban has stepped into the doors of that facility at Tuscaloosa. But the Tide and the Vols are playing an incredible game this weekend. Third-ranked Alabama, sixth-ranked Tennessee. Excuse me. Um, Bama, favored by 7.5. We're going to give you some matchups. Excuse me. <laughs> We're going to give up some matchup advantages here or matchups just in general to look out for. Alabama, eighth in FBS and rushing defense. Tennessee is 11th. Both these defenses strength in the rush stopping department. However, Tennessee is top five in points per game, as is Bama. 46.8 points per game for Tennessee, 44.3 for Alabama. So both these teams capitalize strengthening in run defense and in total offense. But Tennessee seventh in passing offense, averaging 340 yards per game. Bama is one of the top teams in rushing offense, though. I believe with Jameer Gibbs at the helm, the Georgia Tech rushing transfer. We're going to take a look here. Bama third in the country in rushing offense, averaging 257 rush yards a game. So strength for strength again. We're seeing the rushing attacks being a factor in the Penn State-Michigan game. I expect them to be a 100% factor in terms of strengths of both of these teams down at Neyland Stadium in this one. It's a top 10 matchup. Two premier SEC schools this year. Tennessee clearly looks like the second-best team in the East, solely behind Georgia, and they're probably the third-best team in the SEC. It's Bama, Georgia, and then Tennessee, in my mind. That's just how good these teams are. Man, if Tennessee can take down Alabama at home this week, that's going to make that matchup later in the year against Georgia so much more 
uh, impactful with the hype. I mean, it's going to be hype even if Tennessee loses this game, but man, man, oh man, Tennessee, if they can find a way to pull this one off, that would be very, very impressive. Uh, Bryce Young probably going to play in this one, if I had to imagine. Hendon Hooker has been incredible for Tennessee this year. 1,432 yards, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions, and he's been a threat on the ground as well. So uh, both these teams, incredible offense, incredible rushing defense for Tennessee. However, uh, their passing offense is not good. And if Bryce Young's there, it's going to have to be a game where both these teams are going to have to score a lot of points, uh, especially if Tennessee wants to come out with a win. Path to the upset for Tennessee, score more than 40 points, at least 35 if you're going to want a shot to win. But I like it. It's going to be a great game. Yeah, they can do that, uh, and they, they can, can certainly and they can certainly trade points. Yeah, Jack, put Alabama on upset alert this week, man. This is happening. I would love it. Tennessee's I think Tennessee's winning this a great game. Story this year. Josh Heupel's done a great job down there. Tennessee, in Tennessee. is winning this game, this football game, and they have a huge wide receiver target, Carnell Tate, the Ohio State wide receiver commit, coming in to visit Tennessee for this game against Alabama. If Tennessee wins, that could do wonders to bring in. Uh, him in terms of flipping his commitment from Ohio State to Tennessee. So that's also an important note to monitor in this big-time SEC matchup between the Tide and the Vols. Another 3-30 game. We're going out to the Big 12. Horned Frogs, you talked about them last week. They beat Kansas Mm 38-31. They return home in a sold-out environment down in Fort Worth, Worth, Texas, welcoming in the 8th-ranked Oklahoma State Cowboys. TCU has jumped all the way up to 13 they went from unranked to 17th last week, now up four more spots to 13 this week, one of the highest ranking wow. and moving teams in the country. At home, Spencer Sanders travels in for Oklahoma State. Uh, they also got on the side of TCU, Max Duggan, the incredible quarterback with the ability he has to throw it through the air and run it on the ground. He's got 1,305 yards through the air, 14 touchdowns to only one interception. He's incredible. For Spencer Sanders, though, rivaling the stats, he's got a couple, a little bit more in passing yards, 1394, 12 TDs, two picks. Both these quarterbacks have been incredibly secure with the football this year, limiting the interceptions. As for these defenses, though, both teams sit in the mid-50s in scoring defense. TCU has the slight advantage, 54th ranked in FBS, Oklahoma State 58th. Both these teams top five in scoring offense. TCU third with 46.4 points per game, Oklahoma State fourth, 45.2. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Both these offenses can score it, and they can score a lot. Through the air. A lot of big plays. TCU can also do it on the ground there with Kendry Miller. He had some big plays against Oklahoma. Also had some solid plays on the ground last week against Kansas. So the junior from Mount Enterprise, Texas, Kendre Miller, the starting running back for the Horned Frogs, is going to be doing a lot to get involved in this one. It's going to be high scoring. If I had to lean a winner, give me TCU. They're at home. They are favored by just four points. It's going to be a very tight game down to the end. But give me the Horned Frogs to go to 6-0. and Wow. I, I agree with you. TCU. Uh, Jalen Rager country. I say it every week. It just you do. It just sticks in my mind. It just I will never get over. It. He scored a touchdown this week. He, he did. scored a touchdown against the uh, the Bears. But uh, no, give me give me TCU in this one as well. Well, we big are gonna movers, go big shakers. We're gonna go down. Well, not down. Actually, we're going up. We're going up north. We're going somewhere. We're I mean, going. If you go down far enough. Well, it's actually the opposite direction around from the globe. This place. So we're gonna move from Texas. To New York, upstate New York, Syracuse, 18th ranked. They're hosting the 15th ranked NC State Wolfpack. 5-1 and one Wolfpack just took down my Knowles in the 1917 Thriller at yeah. Carter-Finley Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be quiet over yeah. there, you. Cuse, they're 5-0. and oh. They whooped up Wagner before going on to their bye week last week, so they're, <laughs> they're well-rested. That was great alliteration. They whooped up Wagner. Before 59-0, they had their bye week. Now they're well-rested. 
hosting NC State, who had a dogfight at home. Does that dynamic play a factor? Now you have to go out on the road, playing one of the more well-balanced teams in the country, Cuse's top 10 in scoring defense, tied with, I believe, San Jose State for ninth in the country. I'm going to reaffirm my research and double-check that real quickly. NC State's winning this ball game, by the way. Just okay, that's your early pick. Yeah, Syracuse yeah. tied ninth at San Jose State, allowing 14 points a game. NC State, 15th, allowing only 15.6. Oh, so goodness. both these teams, that 1.6 point difference. Stout defensively. Two defensive teams. However, Cuse is the more balanced team. They're 22nd in scoring mm-hmm. offense. Garrett Schrader, the quarterback, at the helm. <laughs> I tried. I know. I tried. I thought I had to do the same thing real quick, but then I just started <laughs> laughing. So, uh, See? People helping people, Jack. People helping people indeed. See, I got to have a code for you to like turn down my mic because you can turn down your own, but not mine. Yeah, exactly. So I just have, no, I'll just, I'll just go under the table from now on. So Sean Tucker, the star running back. Away. For Q's, 546 yards, five touchdowns on the year. Uh, their leading receiver is Aronde Gadsden, the second, leading the team with 366 and three touchdowns. But we do have to get a quick message from the KUR Notebook. Attention, KU community. The Women's Center and the LGBTQ Plus Resource Center are excited to welcome alumni to the Boxwood House on Saturday, October 22nd from 12 p.m. to 2 p.m. for the homecoming alumni open house. Alumni will be able to tour the Boxwood House, share memories, enjoy good food, and reconnect with KU. Be there and be a part of this special celebration. This message of community interest brought to you by the Radio Voice of Kutztown University. KU are welcome back. It's my favorite one of those we read. Welcome back in. The good food. <laughs> the good, yeah, the good food always gets you. Yeah. But I, I just love the confidence that it speaks with, you know? Like, you know, Boxwood House. Dude, we're not just, we're not just providing food, folks. It's good food at the Boxwood House. Get over there. Come on. That is on October 22nd. 22nd. Yes. That's coming up. So that is soon. That is rapidly approaching. What's today? Just like <laughs> Halloween. Dude, Halloween is coming soon. Is it's that October next 12th? Saturday? No, it's two weeks. Uh, no, no, not Halloween. The 22nd for yes. the Boxwood House. Yes. Yep, that's next Saturday. Yeah. So, alrighty, folks. Head to uh, the Boxwood House and watch uh, Penn State play Minnesota. But back to NC State <laughs> and Syracuse. Sean Tucker, leading rusher for the Q, uh, for Q's, not the Q's, but for Q's, 546 yards, five touchdowns. Accuse. Accuse. Yeah, I like Syracuse in this one. They got the advantage. They're favored by three and a half. They're at home. I don't love NC State's offense. They don't really run it efficiently. I don't Devin Leary. Wow. De- Devin How dare Le- you disagree with me? Devin Leary left last week's game with an injury. Well, I- interesting to see what his status is for this one. Uh, but in terms, look, I just like Syracuse. They're more well-balanced. Garrett Schrader. Uh, 1,224 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, one pick. He looks like a completely different quarterback this year. So much more confident uh, is just overall as this Dino Babers and Syracuse squad. I like them to go to 6-0. and They're at home. They take down NC State. The Wolfpack will fall to 5-2. and Cuse. What's Cuse ranked? 18th. 18th. And NC State is 15th? Yes. Yeah. No. So I'm going with the right rankings. There. Going with the rankings. So Mitch goes NC State. Yeah, you're, I, go I know Cuse. you're Leary on Weary. Or Weary on Leary. Yes. Had it reversed. Yeah. I try. I try, and it fails. What else is new? That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Story of my life, Jack. When you try your best, but you don't succeed. The Padres are moving on. Stop that. <laughs> Stop that right now. Hey, both our lives are terrible. Well, no, we have to go to our final preview of the dark. day. We're not going to get to college basketball today, folks. I'm very sorry. Time try. is just running low. One more game to preview. USC, Utah. Number seven Trojans traveling to play the 20th ranked Utes of Utah. Both these teams very efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Top 15 in FBS scoring. Utah 14th, 40.3. USC 
15th, 40.2. So that 0.1 difference is right there. Pretty much dead even in terms of scoring offense. Both average 40 points a game. Cam Rising leading the Utes offense. Caleb Williams, the Oklahoma transfer that followed Lincoln Riley over, leading the helm for this Trojans offense. Both these teams undefeated. Jordan Addison looks incredible for the Trojans. However, for US, uh, for Utah, I'm interested to see, can they rebound? Can they rebound if... Uh, off of that tough loss at UCLA. They got to play a very talented USC team coming in, but this is the game that people mentioned all year that USC would be capable of losing. They they uh you know, the reports have been USC's been really good and they have been really good. There's a reason they're ranked number 7. But this is going to be the game, the big test for them all year traveling to play Utah. It's going to be an inspired group now with two losses at home. I like the Utes to pull it off. I really mm. really do. So, give me Utah to stun USC. Oh, I wouldn't say stun, but Give me Utah beating USC. They are three and a half favorites at home, so it's not really an upset. Uh, but Utah's the, the the favorite team, mostly because the home field. If it was a neutral site, I think Utah would maybe be a one-point favorite or the line would be pretty much even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be a pick em, But since Utah's home, give me the Utes to win. Uh, just for sake of disagreeing with Jack and not believing trap game storylines, give me USC. I'll ride with USC. All righty. Well, we will give you some games. Jesus, put my laptop down. I will give you some games. <laughs> we'll give you some games. Other games to watch. <laughs> yes, I faded away there. I will give you some other games to look forward to Skate. this weekend. Texas hosting Iowa State. Texas 16 and a half point favorites, but the Longhorns are still an incredible squad. Minnesota travels to take on 24th ranked Illinois. Big 10 West is always interesting. Those are two of the top teams out there right now. Interesting one to watch. Kansas goes to play Oklahoma. Three and three Sooners, five and one Jayhawks. Do they? Do the Jayhawks have Jalen Daniels in this one? It was earlier reported he would be done for the season with a shoulder separation. He tweeted out last night. That is news to me, so not really sure what to make of that. I With that, though, I don't believe he's out for the season, but will he play this week? Clemson, Florida State, Tallahassee, 7.30 kickoff, ABC primetime game. Kirk Herbstreit, Chris Fowler on the call for that one. Clemson favored by three and a half, traveling down to play the Knowles. Interesting to watch. Uh, that's where my eyes are going to be on Saturday night, glued to my television, hopefully cheering on my Knowles to an upset of the fourth-ranked Clemson Tigers at home. No, thank you. 6-0, and oh, no, uh, Clemson, 4-2, oh, and two, Knowles. Can FSU go to 5-2? and two. Last time a top-five team traveled into Tallahassee, it was 2020, where Mac Brown and the fifth-ranked heels, led by Sam Howell, fell 31-28 to Florida State. What about a top-four Can that repeat? It's different. I'm also five times now my hat's hit this thing. I am not sure. Clemson, different juggernaut than that NC uh, that UNC team was. But it'll be an interesting one to watch. We're going to wrap up quickly with some college basketball tidbits. Uh, preseason All-Americans are being announced. Uh, Mike Miles out of the Big 12 is the preseason Big 12 player of the year, reported by John Rothstein, one of the top college basketball insiders. He works at CBS Sports. He's a very reliable guy. CBS Sports! <laughs> UCLA is the only team in the country that does not have a transfer on their roster out of out of the Power 6 teams, I should say. Uh, Power 5 in the Big East. But, yeah. Uh, Mitch, are you excited for Nova without Jay Wright? I'm, I'm really interested to, to see how bad it gets. So. I, 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 it's a huge loss, man. It's a huge loss. But yep. I'm, I'm interested. It, they have my interest peaked. Uh, college Hoops is fairly far down my list of priorities, especially when it's not March Madness. But you know, I, I'll still be rooting for Nova. Well, the reigning Big Twelve, uh, reigning Big Twelve champions, yes, and the national champions, uh, Kansas Jayhawks, have a preseason first team Big Twelve guy, Jalen Wilson, returner from last year. Mike Miles, I mentioned, he is the 
uh, preseason player of the year in the Big 12 alongside Adam Flagler from Baylor, Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr from Texas, and Avery Anderson from Oklahoma State. But that's all we have time to get to today for College Hoops. We'll get to it a little bit more next week. I just want to thank everybody for listening in to another edition of Heavy Hitters right here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. If you have any suggestions for our show, check out our Instagram at heavyhitterskur. Send us a DM saying what you would like to, like us to talk about more. Compliment the show, criticize the show, do whatever you must, <laughs> but it would be much appreciated nonetheless. Uh, we have some fantastic shows coming up tonight, KUR True Crime and Outstanding Originals is at 9 to 10 p.m. So stick here on KUR for some more fantastic student programming. From Mitchell Smedley, I am Jack Heim saying so long until next Monday. We will be back on Monday recapping all things college football, NFL, and more MLB playoff discussion right here on Heavy Hitters. Once again, thank you for tuning in to today's show. Dallas sucks.